Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're not in agony? Wait, are you serious? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to CORE. This is CORE, episode 407 for February 29th, 2024. Oh, yeah, we're on, we're a leap day today. We're recording on. That's cool, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a day that doesn't exist three times That's in right. four years. I don't even know. I was, we were doing this on TMS. We think we've only ever recorded a show on three of these in the 12 years we've done the show. Whoa. Yeah, maybe two, but we think three. Special um, day, Special yeah. Day, so core core finally had its moment on a on a bonus day that shouldn't exist. And happy birthday to everybody born on this weird day. Uh, may those jokes last your whole life. Uh, anyway, we're they gonna will. get yeah. They, they absolutely will. They will. I'm excited because this is Dune week. We got Dune on Friday. Well, it opens Thursday, but. Some people have already seen it, some special showings and stuff. Uh, the reviews oh, are real shit. good. Uh, freaking Dune Part 2, baby. It'll be out on Fridays. That's when I'm seeing it. And um, I haven't been to a theater in a long time because I just don't care for them. But uh, this is an exception I'll make, and I will uh, let you guys know what I think. But I can't wait for this weekend. Dune Part 2. I keep hearing it. Where I remind everybody that I have yet to see or read anything <sighs> Dune-related ever. Man. You didn't see the first one? I didn't see the first one. I didn't see the original Dune. I didn't I mean, see I the sort of like part that, one of the this part was, two. Mm. I mean, even... Yeah, I'm I haven't read Dune. The modern one. Yeah, the modern one. Um, and the fact that it was on, you know, went straight to streaming because it was smack dab in the pandemic. I, I figured that would be a thing you would have caught. But uh, but no, John is a virgin to the dune. A part of it, I think, is because you just hate sand and you hate deserts. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of that. Real in these. Anakin Skywalker over yeah. here just doesn't like sand. <laughs> I think that's your main issue. But um, it's already reviewing extremely well. Rotten Tomatoes has it at uh, 222 reviews, 95 percent. Uh, I fully expect to enjoy this. Somebody, somebody, who was it? Oh, um, Christopher Nolan said that it's. Denise Villeneuve's uh, Empire Strikes Back in terms of how significant it is. That's that good as a middle piece if they end up doing three. That made me very excited. Um, yeah, so Canadian director finally hitting it big, Bo. What do you think of that? 
It's exciting. Well, I'm sure he's not the first Canadian director to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably no, been a few people is. in Hollywood. There's <laughs> only but, one. Um, but the, yeah, he's a great film director. I liked everything he's made. So, and the first Dune was good. I, and I'm watching a trailer now for the second one. And I'm like, yeah, it looks even. It does look better. Even the trailer looks like. Oh shit! There's more better stuff. Yeah, man. If you're really doing three of these, your middle bit's always got to be your strong bit. And uh, if they do yeah, Dune, should. if they do Dune Messiah, which is the second book, right? That's a weird effing book. It's real. I don't know how you can do that. I only just read Dune. I never got to the rest of the books. I just read Dune. Dune Messiah. I did. I don't remember if I did whatever was third. I read some of the kit, the son Herbert Junior stuff, and I I didn't get very far in it. Um, I mean that first book is just all-time banger right but mm. dune messiah is weird but i believe in denise villeneuve or have you say his name i think he could do it uh by the way top three canadian directors do you have a guess i'll just tell you what these are if you don't know i have a, I have a list Cronenberg. Here. Uh, according to this well, i'll give you the top 10 james h white he's known uh-huh. for the, the little reb i don't know what that is something in 96 uh, Norman McLaren. Um, let's see. No one for car manufacturing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wolf Koenig, uh, Pierre Perronol, Perronol, Don Owen, Galay Garot. These guys are all the, I guess you're getting some, some, uh, Quebecian. I don't know any of these. What about Atom Egoyan? He's got to be on there. Uh, I told you there was only one. I don't see Alan King, not the, not the comedian. Arthur Hiller. Oh, Arthur Hiller. Uh, I think I know that name. Uh, maybe not. Uh, you know what? I'm already down to 17. And I don't recognize a damn person in this. Uh, seems like a bad list. Is, is it from a Canadian website? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> seems like Canadian propaganda. Ooh, I found a guy named Roger Spottywood. That's cool. Cool. Whoa. <laughs> you, you, you definitely don't want Spotty. Uh, no. Um, and then for some reason, Rick Moranis, Mick, Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas are on here. I don't know if they. The Wendy's guy? No, Dave Thomas, the actor who played Doug McKenzie with oh. him. <laughs> Not Dave Thomas, the Wendy's founder. No. Like some of those Wendy's commercials were okay. Did he direct them? There, I mean, no, it's the best oh, I can I tell. Think, but I think probably those guys directed their some of their movies. Oh, their own day, stuff. Sure. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But no David Cronenberg. Oh, here's no, Cronenberg. I, I found I him. Cronenberg's at 33. That seems too low. What? Yeah. 33? Wow. Yeah, the guy who made Eastern Promises and 500 other movies. Yeah, let's oh. get third. Let's an- get 30 something. Another one. Over, I, like, over for- the guy who made McLaren's. At 43, we got Ivan Reitman, a director of Ghostbusters. and There you go. Animal 30, House. Ivan and, Reitman is that low on the list? Yeah, this where, sucks. Where this, this, list list? This, this list sucks. This list dude. sucks, dude. Or maybe, uh, you know what? I shouldn't say that because maybe Canadians love this list. James Cameron. All right. James Both Cameron. Canadian and he's upset. James, yes, James Cameron, Cameron is the most money-making director of all time. 53 yeah. on here on this list. Yeah, this list is shit. Like, I mean, it's not about who's critic. Is it critically best movies by some critic? Because then I understand, like, this guy's movies are the best, not mainstream James Cameron bullshit. But, yeah, like, yeah. if you're talking about, like, names people recognize, like, yeah. <laughs> why are the ones we recognize so low? It's it really weird. Now, yeah, even Jason Reitman's way too low on this. Like, all these. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, uh, Denise Villeneuve, 84. Dude. Yeah. Is it just in chronological order? No. Uh, well. <laughs> What's the order here? Now that you say that, let me just double check. Uh-huh. Um. 
Well, John might be onto something. Is it which site is it? Is it from IMDb? <laughs> you might. You know what? It is IMDb, and I think John might be onto something because these guys are a bunch of unknowns, and then you get into the ones we know, but it's about the time their career pop. You know what? It is chronological no, this, shit. This, this is a list made by some user, Minilex. Yeah, which they don't know anything. It's do not, they? you know, I mean, it's their top 10. Yeah. And if, if I go to Pantheon.world, whatever the hell that site is. <laughs> Pantheon.world. They, they lost <laughs> the top 10 Pantheon. most legendary <laughs> Canadian film directors of all time. One is James Cameron. Yeah. Apparently, he has an HPI of 69.41. I don't know what the hell that is. What the hell is an HPI? <laughs> this HPI. is how they're ranking per, them. Yeah, hit, HPI. Hits second. per investment. Hits per investment. I like that. David Cronenberg. Three is Denny Villeneuve. Literally, the three we mentioned are the top three. That's how it and, should be. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who Edward Dimitrick is, but apparently, he's very famous, and he made the Kane Mutiny. This is the four, 1940s director. I don't know. Uh, that's when Jack everybody Le- got sick of Michael Caine mu- movies. Mm. Uh, Jack Warner. He worked on The Fair Jazz enough. Singer. Oh, well, Jazz Singer was big in its time. Uh, I guess. That was Norman Jewison. Oh, that's a name that's familiar. Jewison? Um, yeah, I think he's a musical guy. Like, uh, Or something. not just that. Thomas Crown Affair, Jesus Christ Superstar, Rollerball, Fist, Justice for All, Social oh. Story, Hurricane. Oh, okay. Since Cincinnati Kid. Ooh, Hurricane was uh, good. I like that movie. Dennis Arcand. Yeah. Arcand made uh more of a, a f- Dennis Arcand. He's a French <laughs> he's a French Canadian film director, so probably uh you know <laughs> real, Decline of the American Empire in eighty six, Jesus <laughs> in Montreal, French Canadian. It's a real uh, glass Miller. half empty thing there, John, that you got for that director. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's just my it's my nature. Yeah. Like Someone it. called Jean Jean Marc Vallée. We okay. made uh, Les Fleurs Magiques yeah. and Les Mots Magiques. Never saw Stereotype. It. I'm sure they're amazing. And, uh, but the Blacklist, apparently, is the one he made, too. Oh, with uh, James Spader. Oh, the show? Uh, I like the Blacklist. No, it's a 95 film. <laughs> no, nothing I say is real. Nothing, I'm just yeah. saying things to see Scott's reaction. It's all horse Oh, he did um, Valley's Next Film's The American Drama's Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, all right. Wild. That was a big deal, that movie. Yeah. That won uh, people Oscars and stuff. That was a big whoop. All right. Well, we redeemed so, the list. It's all better now. Yeah. No Denise the world. Uh, don't ever change. You guys are great. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Whoever you are, whatever the hell that's the dot world Pantheon domain. Pantheon dot world. <laughs> oh man. HPI measurements. Yeah. I tried to find a dot Scott the other day. That's they don't have that yet. It's not a thing. But I do think there's a dot John do- domain, mainline domain. Really? Yeah. And people, there's just no standards for lists. Like I just clicked on another one, and it's like got the oh, usual yeah. ones. No, but like Maybe I'm that's what like, Pantheon.world is trying to change. Only the best lists, oh, curated okay. lists. Yeah. This is what they're saying. Because I'm like, they put Neil Blomkamp in this list. Oh, Blomkamp, like, yeah. He's a South African-Canadian director. I was like, I didn't know he had... Oh, Canadian. yeah. I knew it was South African. I didn't know about Canada. I don't I know. He was a hybrid, dual citizen kind of deal. You want a sweetie? You, you want a sweetie? That's what I always think of in uh, District 9 when he's talking to the little, the little alien kid. And he's going, sweetie, you want a sweetie? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> every time that movie comes up, that's what I think. Of. All right. Well, that's been fun. Let's talk about layoffs. 
What uh, a transition. Yeah, hell of a transition. <laughs> Let's talk about Liam. Want a sweetie? Want a sweetie? <laughs> you want a sweetie? I just like uh, the music for layoffs. It's layoff. Layoff time. <laughs> well, so yes. Fun. Even uh, we could have done this. That's a little more layoffy. That's that's what the boardroom looks like when they, they lay off people. Yep. <laughs> they do people's jobs, and then the music plays and goes objective complete. Yep. They put them in lay little hundred uh, workers. They put them in little tubes, <laughs> <laughs> little bullet tubes. Send them down to the planet. It's brilliant. Well, anyway, uh, we are going to talk about this. So a while back, we kind of thought the worst of it had happened with the Microsoft nineteen hundred people uh, spread across Blizzard and Activision and all that stuff. I kind of thought that would be the peak. But apparently this industry has more people to shed uh, just month, <laughs> month, months after the best year they have on record, which, again, to many will make zero sense. But anyway, Sony, Electronic yeah, Arts. That's also the reason, but. That's know, true. Yes. Yeah. When you. To, that's to the thing. logical people, you go, that's that doesn't make sense. And to business people, they go, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, you don't have your greatest success and then expect to happen twice. You have to like lay people off to look like you kept making money. And that's kind of what this is. It's a lot of shareholder bullshit. But anyway, Sony Electronic hire Arts. Three months later. That's right. Sorry, they, and they will. You're probably right. They'll probably mass hire people back when they need it for whatever thing it is. I hate it. The whole thing sucks. They need to unionize the whole damn thing. We'll get to all that in a second. But it's not just Sony, not just EA, but a bunch of smaller studios. There's some consolidation going on. There are a few studios that are trying to jump out on their own, including. Um, Gearbox, who used to be independent, they are currently part of the Embracer group. They're trying to get out of that now and be indie again. Uh, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why anybody might want to be out of the Embracer group. Yeah, weird, right? They're embracing nothing. Um, anyway, so, and this means a lot of cancellations, which is why I wanted to kind of hit this early in the show, because the game cancellations are at least different than just more downtrodden news about people losing their jobs which is you know important and sucks and all of that and we'll acknowledge those things but um there's a there's a point where you're just sort of wallowing in the same kind of news over and over and i don't i don't think we want to be in the business of doing that so we'll look at it a little bit more from a from a top-down view here um the sony news happened on the 27th sony interactive entertainment announced it was laying off 900 employees across its worldwide studios and this is several studios known for big stuff first party studios like the last of us developer naughty dog uh, Spider-Man's uh, Insomniac got hit with some of these. Uh, the Horizon games, Guerrilla Games, uh, they got hit. And the co-developer who helped make Call of the Mountain, the VR game, Bo, uh, Fire Fire Sprite, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All affected by these job cuts. Um, and, and then on top of all these like individual layoffs across these companies, or these studios, Sony announced it would be shutting down their London studio entirely. So Sony London is just gone or will be when this all happens. Uh, they are responsible for the SingStar, SingStar series, and they were working on some fantasy game set in London that was some co-op multiplayer deal. We don't know what that is. This is also the team or some of them that were responsible for an unannounced Twisted Metal game, and that got canned. So whatever that was going to be, toast. The word is it was like a live service, like Battle Royale card fighting game, which as much as I'm sick of live service games, I kind of wanted that one. So the whole London studio got shut down? Yeah. Poof. Gone. <laughs> Their website's still up. <laughs> PlayStation yeah. London studio. And it says like, come like work here to hire people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do they have a jobs you, link? That always makes me laugh. Oh my God. This is terrible. This yeah. It's like, 
whenever these people have a jobs link after a massive like shutdown, it always makes me go, no one thought about this before. You got to go do your web work. Well, that's why I asked um, if they shut down the entire studio because the site's still live. Like, did, <laughs> no one shut. They fired the people that could take care of the website. You know what I mean? Like, why is it still up? Their claim is they're well. The 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 claim is that they're sh- it's just done. They're just shut shuttering it, and it doesn't sound like a lot was going on. If this was the SingStar people, I mean, how many SingStar games well, a year about yeah, lately? And they probably get told what to make. It's not their fault. Like, oh no, I don't blame them at all, but. This, yeah, I can like see why Sony's Star cutting is the fat. A good property. I don't, and- I don't think that group was full of people that were like, you know what? I really got into video games that make SingStar. Like, but like, no. I guess what's <laughs> just horrifying is if you go to this site, like it's full of workers, like really happy to work for PlayStation. Like, oh, they're stoked. There's yeah. people smiling and like, yeah, it's just like more so than most gaming websites that i've seen it's like it's about the people there's people having lunch eating talking they look like they're having a great time mm. at playstation london john you're you're a twisted metal fan are you yeah a little sad that there's no big twisted metal game happening now even though they never announced um, it but. i mean i don't know like it's one of those things where it's it's tricky it feels like for every Helldivers 2, there's a bunch of like weird trend chasing, you know, capitalize on a brand name nostalgia plays that yeah. are just there to grab money. And like, who knows what, who knows what this Twisted Metal game was going to be. Like, I feel bad for the people that are losing their job. Like, it, it sucks that, it sucks that the higher ups in industries, um, in business, it feels like they are all just playing hot potato. But when the music stops and you're caught holding the potato, instead of being kicked out of the game, they give you a couple million dollars and the chance to keep playing if you want. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then on the back end of that are a bunch of people going, what are we going to do? We just bought a house. What are we going to do? We, you know, how are we going to feed the kids? You know, my job paid well because you know, this industry, I didn't work for Blizzard and this industry pays pretty well. Now, what are we going to figure out? Like, you know, uh, we've we've talked about that all together. The, the thing that I'll try and be hopeful, because, again, it just gets into this doom and gloom about jobs. Yeah, um, I will say this. I think a lot of companies these days really thrive and have thrived for a long time on the backs of game development and working in the games industry seems like a dream job. And you get a lot of people that are very excited to be a part of that and very willing to put up with some stuff that they shouldn't have to put up with just to get their foot in the door. Cause it's a competitive industry and it's a sought after industry. And I think that by shining a light on layoffs when they happen and making a big deal over it, when it happens, I think you start to ground the people that are going into the industry to have a better understanding of what they're getting into. And instead of people going there going like, oh, it's going to be a dream job. Just, you know, yes to everything. Sign the contracts. Put me in. Like, I'm, I'm just lucky to be here. Do whatever you want to me. I think we're starting to hopefully see um, a more savvy, you know, work base within video game companies that will hold these companies and these businesses more accountable. But again, like, the real change has to come at the top. And yeah. I, I stand by my analogy. It is it is a system that rewards failure. 
And when a, when the system rewards failure, there's no incentive to make things better for the people below you. Yeah. Because why, why not why just go you? until you fail? Yeah. Who cares? You walk away fine and richer for it. Yeah. It's a, it also seems to be pretty exclusive to the publicly traded developers and yeah. publishers where you don't hear this about Valve. Now, Valve doesn't have to be as public about what they do. Um, and that's its own issue. But uh, as far as I know, they haven't been racked with layoffs. Of course, they're not, you know, they're mostly running Steam is what they do these days. But um, there are other examples of this, though, where uh, even in the case of Gearbox, they're trying to be independent. They're trying to not be shut down or laid off. They're trying to just get out and say, let's just do this on our own again. We don't need we don't need the industry. We can make a, you know, a Borderlands game and and we can fund ourselves like we used to do it. I, I do think there's a general attitude of getting away from that kind of consolidation, which is kind of hilarious because we're just now back on the other side of a giant of the biggest acquisition in the history of this business, maybe of all technology ever, which was the Activision King Blizzard acquisition. And I, I like a lot of people had a lot of, a lot of really utopian hopes about that buyout that it meant a, going to be a smoother sale. It meant more, you know, solid ground for people to feel comfortable in and know that the money was there and they didn't have to stress about every penny and that sort of thing. But that, this just proves that's not the case either. So, yeah. so I don't know, maybe this is, maybe you're right. You know, it's a little like the blizzard stuff where we kind of had to over the last few years sort of wake up and move away from the myth of it as even players let alone people who work there and and see it for what it is, which is a big machine that needs to make money and doesn't care about your feelings really. And, and, and that maybe that's good in the end because the desire to build an organization like that and have people like that who believe in that and have those values and want the place to succeed, but also the people involved are, are key to that. And without them, that's nothing like that kind of, I'd love to see that culture have a big resurgence. That'd be wonderful, but it almost like it has to get shitty before it can't or before it can. If that makes yeah. Sense. Cause there has to be some ramifications for the people with the money. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's the thing, the people that are, uh, that are, and you know, we're using the term developers in a very broad sense here. Right. You know, when you look at the developers, um, when these things happen, they get royally screwed by this. Yeah. Like it hits them really, really hard. Um, it it changes lives. People are forced into different careers, especially because they all have a tendency to happen at the same time. Like before, uh, like if you go back years in game development, the way it tended to work, like before games as a service. Typically, what would happen is a video game company would put out a video game and then just fire everybody like and that wasn't good, but it wasn't all at once because it wasn't based around your, you know, quarterly earnings. Uh, you know, it was like, oh, well, we launched the game. There's no sense in having people here because we're not making a new game yet. Get rid of them. That wasn't good. Now we're in kind of this weird different area where they want to keep people all the time. But then it's like, oh, sorry, we're not going to be profitable, you know, this quarter. Better just lay off a bunch of people. And then every company does that, especially after such a big boom because of COVID and all that, where everybody saw massive growth. Like, and now everybody's looking for jobs at the exact same time. Yeah, that's bad. That's super bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, because you've got almost universal across the board. We're not hiring. 
and almost universal across the board were firing people. And it's just absolutely uh, is. I would hate that. And I do hope that eventually this can get solved, whether that is through, you know, unions forming or, you know, if things get bad enough, like eventually the business will dry up. I don't really want that. I, you know, I, I don't really want to go through another video game crash. No, um, especially after a year where it was the opposite of crashing. The very yeah. polar opposite of it. All this really comes down to is people are going, well, how do the next few quarters look? Oh, there's a little bit of a dip. Fine, fire people. Like it's, That's where we're at. This industry is not going anywhere. It's like $52 billion a year, whatever revenue number. It's more than that now, whatever it is. So it's an insane thing. It's the biggest wing of, of entertainment. Uh, the, the amount of money music and television and TV make combined is still less than video games. So it isn't going anywhere. It's just... It's just got to get better and not shit. It's got to like improve or or something. And I know not not everybody can be independent. Not everybody can be by themselves. We have a, we have a listener in the chat right now who just got laid off this week. He's a he's a layoff. He's a dev that just got laid off. I mean, it's affecting more and more people. People we know. People that are part of this community. It just seems just hideous. My daughter, you know, got a degree to work in video games. She can't get hired right now. There's just nothing available especially for like junior people people who are you know just trying to strike out and veterans uh, you know also have their own issues but it's just so shitty right now and this isn't that also keeps people really hungry and again it goes back to that whole like that is a situation that you know higher-ups will thrive on if you are hungry for a position, how often did we hear that? I mean, I make jokes about it now, but how often did we hear about Blizzard paying significantly lower than what those jobs at other companies would pay for clout? Yeah. Yes, but you get to work for Blizzard. Yeah. That's the kind of shit that comes out when you think you have prestige and you have people hungry enough to buy into it. Yeah, and I guess they did, or at least the impression that they did, or else people wouldn't have. That makes me even matter at Blizzard because it's one thing. It's one thing to just no longer be that that list of core values in a general sense, but it's a whole nother thing to be to find out that they kind of use that to just take advantage of people. You know, whether they knew they were collectively doing that or not. Of course they did. They were it was Blizzard. Everybody wanted to work at Blizzard, and it's like, well, we can only pay a third of what everyone else gets. That's fine. It's Blizzard. I'm, uh, you know, it's perfect, whatever. But that stuff's going away. You can't count on that now. You know, if I was if I was looking for a job in the games business, I don't think I'd I don't think I'd apply at Blizzard. That sounds crazy to say, given our history, but I don't think I would. Uh, Bo, thoughts, feelings? I know you've you know we've we've gone through a lot of this before <laughs> as far as layoff stuff, but anything you want to add um, in there? Well, I I, I well the discussion was going on i did reach out to uh playstation london because they said to send an email if they were interested in looking for jobs so yeah i just sent an email saying are you guys hiring like <laughs> <laughs> did they did you you didn't get an like immediate bounce back or anything did you, you know? uh no no i'm still waiting for a response so it's only been a okay. few minutes um they, it's over <laughs> we'll in check England, in so with you throughout the show well i don't think i'll anybody? get one today if, um, is it daytime in the united kingdom right now i don't mm. in london i don't know i thought maybe but, you get um, something automated saying we're currently not hiring or no you know. no but like you know if you didn't hear the news you could be 
the site doesn't like you know don't apply like we're shutting down there's not there's none of that going on on the website so yeah um yeah uh, it's just the same old stuff like it it does seem like I think I just I thought a lot about the sorry if this is a little arrogant or not arrogant but you know just self it's all right you'll get whatever some, I've thought a lot about my yeah. joke I made a good joke last week yeah about Nvidia and how they're the third biggest company in the world and they're not dumb and make video game even though they're a video game company they don't do something <laughs> like stupid and money losing like making actual video games yeah that's why that's why they're winning and the rest of you guys have to do what you have to do. I mean, I'm sure they have layoffs too, really. But I mean, it is a highly volatile product, right? Yeah. You know, it's it, it doesn't excuse things, but it is like it's very easy, I think, probably within these um companies to create panic. Yeah. You know, I with all the sky is falling down news about oh, sure. this game we've spent four years working on is now gonna be a turd because no one's into whatever we're making now or, you know. Yeah, and these that long dev cycles, you kind of get screwed into that. Like, even if even had the uh, the the twisted metal battle royale thing come out, yeah. there would have been part of us going, "Well, geez, what took you guys so long? This is like already a kind of a dead genre. It's already oversaturated. What are you doing?" And it's because, well, they started it freaking ten years ago, or however long it takes now to get anything done. So that's a whole other problem. Um, but also, one thing I th- I, I haven't really thought about twenty twenty three was full of like bangers like games we're never going to forget Baldur's Gate 3 is, an, is a good example and that seems like plays like and is by all accounts what I would call a triple A game by my definitions but it's not kind of from industry definitions it's a it's no. an independent team Larian is beholden to no one but themselves uh, with a license they took very good care of and didn't have to answer to anybody really on it except you know some basic stuff for with, with license use but for the most part that's their story uh hell divers to pay for that license that's the other thing just right. worth noting they had to pay for the rights to be a D game you would think with all their success and attention they've brought to the product D would have been courting them but it is the other way around other they way around for that privilege exactly and the same thing can be said about i mean hell divers isn't using an ip it's their own thing but hell divers is this example of a smaller team hitting hard with a thing that worked really well. Now they had some Sony money, some Sony investment money. Um, but for the most part, they're not, they're not owned by Sony. They're just kind of partnered with them. Um, if there's one equalizing factor to all of this though, that I really like, <laughs> this is stupid, but whatever, I'll say it anyway. In the, in the shadow of Microsoft's slash Activision's big, 1900 people 1300 people whatever it was getting laid off um i there were a lot of sony fanboys that wouldn't shut up about it this isn't happening at sony you'll notice it's only happening at microsoft remember it was like part of their it was part of the little fun box of weapons and now you got sony doing the exact same thing and it's with some similar numbers and i don't know why those people are so quiet now but i guess what i'm saying is good opportunity everyone to not pick sides in a battle that you don't actually have a, a skin in and don't throw all your loyalty yeah. behind companies who don't give a shit about their people. Like expect better than this. And they probably make, don't think they're wrong anyways. They probably have some other story cooked up about why it makes sense for it to happen to Sony. That's not true. For Xbox. Or it's probably Microsoft's fault. Yeah. Some, you know, like <laughs> yeah, those kinds of people do not have 
not don't have their thinking no. hats on. They're barely worth making mentioning, and that's why I don't know why. Yeah, I did. but I mean, it 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 it, it is. A big part of online discourse. People who listen are going to see it and be exposed to it. And it is nice to remind people that these people are operating on no facts, no professional experience in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> like just their personal feelings and flag waving over their favorite corporation. Their favorite but, block um, of plastic. Yeah. Um, EA also reduced their, fi- uh, their employees by 5%. That's about 700 employees. That happened on Wednesday. It is EA's second mass layoff in 12 months. They did 800 jobs back in March, so it's a significant number over a year. Uh, In an email sent to employee CEO Andrew Wilson gave the usual spiel about how it's meant to make EA more efficient and cost-effective. Quote, we are streamlining our company operations to deliver deeper, more connected experiences for fans everywhere that build community, shape culture, and grow fandom. Whatever, dude. Wow. Um, games like growth, <laughs> growth or games like uh, the respawn star Wars first person shooter they're working on canned done not happening. It's, it's talk like that though. That is like so enraging the growth fandom thing. It's like, you just make something cool and people like your shit as a couple, like not that we're again, I'm bragging about myself, but we talked about there'll be dungeons beforehand. Yeah. We just played the game. People like it. We didn't, we weren't like. All right, listen, we need to role play so that it grows fandom. Like, how do you grow fandom? Like, how do you make people like Apparently, you fire a bunch something. of people. It really helps grow fandom. Really great. Yeah. 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 Co- yeah. Cost people their jobs and livelihood, and people are like, man, that's a company I can get behind. Yeah. What a day. Yeah. It really builds Shape community, culture. shapes culture, and builds fandom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what the critical role guys would say about how they shaped culture for D and D. Like, do they? Is it, is it like sculpting? Like, can you text Liam and just be like, "Do you like shape it with your hands?" Yeah. And be like, you know, and like tickle it a little underneath, and mm-hmm. then you know, Cradle. is that how we shape culture, Wilson at EA? Yeah, idiot. And I don't Sorry. even. I actually <laughs> big dumb moron. I would. T- I'll take Andrew Wilson over the last guy, but he's no better than any of them. They're all just like I'm. Just it's that corporate speak. That stuff sucks. Yeah. And th- that's what makes it worse. That's the salt in the wound. You fire a bunch of people and like, we're trying to shape culture and grow fandom. And this is like, okay, just fire people. I'd rather they high five and fire people. That way I could be even more angry at them. Yeah. You know, like Helldiver style. That's yeah. why I had to laugh about it because I'm like, that's what you're really thinking. You're in that boardroom going like, we did good. Yeah. We did that quarter is going to look way it. better because we don't have to pay it was, these millions of dollars in, in, in salaries. It was a hard day in the trenches, but there's a war son it's a for war for video games and people don't understand why we got to get bloody to fight it but that music going the whole time exactly. all of it. yeah yep. exactly that's the truth yeah it does feel like like that's it i i, I would just say that I, there are no games without talented individuals working in offices that aren't the ceos <clears throat> Um, we try not to personally attack or be a drama like show, right? But I'm, I just, I'm, I'm getting like when you start firing people and start saying that you're shaping culture and growing fandom, like you are an idiot. I'm sorry, but you, nobody, nobody who makes anything cool talks that way. I'm sorry. No, and I'm sure nobody. it's you know, this it's a team of PR people who didn't lose their jobs, by the way, uh, who are all saying, well, you've got to, you know, you have to say these things. These are positive statements. You can't Don't tell them that you grow fandom. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> It's not legal in your state. You can't grow fandom there. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Don't try to grow random in secret. They can tell by how much electricity you're using. Yeah. I put you know. some tinfoil over my windows because I'm too busy growing fandom in here. That's right. I can smell <laughs> I can smell the fandom on John when I when we visit and we hang out. I can smell it. Uh well anyway, I'm a little sad about the Star Wars game, but also I don't know. I like Respawn. I think they would have done something rad, but we didn't know much about it, so I guess it I can't be that disappointed. Cool. Could have been neat though. And uh, if you guys want a good running list of this for the for good or for ill for all of their problems, Kotaku has a really good list running where they just are adding 2024 layoffs to this giant list. And it's kind of gross right now. I think we're somewhere in the pushing 10,000 people let go this year already um, in this industry alone. And uh, they have a list up there, which you can go find and read all about the tiny ones. There's plenty of little ones, too. And they're even tracking like tiny studios that let one guy go. And who knows why he, you know, he, he shit on the top of the toilet or something. I don't know, but it could have been anything. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, if you hire a guy and he can't figure out how toilets work, yeah, you know, it's, he's got other problems he needs to take care of before he worries about his work. We had a guy. Okay. I'll tell you this quick story. We had this guy at this company. I worked at. <laughs> no, he worked. Oh, no. Sweet. Quick story time. <laughs> he was this guy. This guy worked in the warehouse. So he was like pulling stuff off shelves and taking a forklift around and doing that kind of thing. And it was yeah. fine. He had a whole team of people, 10 people back there or something. And somebody did something to piss him off. He's very quiet. Hardly ever said a word, had a really funny mustache, but never talked. Just sat there. <laughs> Wait, I like the mustache. He just had a weird mustache, I thought. Anyway, he was always so quiet, and the really quiet ones always, I'm always just a little, I was a little suspect, and I try not to judge, but there's something about him I just never felt right. Anyway, very few interactions with me and him directly, but this one day, somebody did something to piss him off, and he proceeded to go all around the warehouse and pee on, pee on everything, just peeing on everything. Yeah. Just whipped it out, would pee all over a pallet full of some product or whatever, and then go up front and pee on somebody's computer. And was I don't know where he was getting all his pee from, but he had a lot of pee, and he was doing this all over the place. And so they, of course, fired him, went to his house later, brought him his last check, said, please do not come on the premises again. Here's the check. You know, did all <laughs> Or the, pee. Or pee. Don't ever pee on us again. No bodily fluids of any kind. Yeah. I mean, what, <laughs> I wonder what happened. Maybe he had a good reason for Well, that. Not, so when you hear <laughs> the... When you, there were little fires, and it was the only <laughs> thing I could think to do. <laughs> like, what's no, no, his I good mean, maybe, reason? I mean, you know, may, his good reason might be that they, you know, some they insulted his somebody or something bad happened <laughs> well wait till you hear the end of this because then you're going to be like oh okay well they probably okay, did the right, right thing so all of this happens we think it's behind us we don't think about it anymore we get a newspaper article that somebody sends us from new york this is months later like three months later and in this article yeah. it says local poughkeepsie person whatever man uh stopped in las vegas uh, for a regular traffic stop, cop gets suspicious because he smells something weird, opens the trunk and finds this driver's dead uh, roommate in the trunk all wrapped up in tape. And then the guy driving is this dude that peed on everything in the warehouse. Oh, so we were just like, oh, holy no. shit, he's some kind of like serial killer weirdo, whatever. And um, yeah, it turns out he got, in a, he got in a disagreement, another one of these like small disagreements with his roommate, Beat the roommate to death, put him in a trunk, tried to drive across the country and get rid of the body somewhere in Nevada. And uh, and we couldn't believe it. We were just okay. like, what? He's definitely the problem. And then that day, I mean, you guys we got, got off light with pee then. Like, yeah. I'd be like, oh, man. 
I know, right? That's what I was saying to them. I'm like, you guys realize how lucky we got? That was nothing. Um, and when you took the check over there, you're lucky he didn't, I don't know, gut you on the scene or something. But, but the weird thing about that article, it comes out and then immediately that day we get like 20 phone calls from newspaper, television, national, local reporters all want to come out there and interview us and talk about this guy who killed this dude. And my accountant, go, the account of the company goes, we'll not be doing that. Nobody saying anything. Just don't talk. You know, in fact, take the day off. No one's answering their phones today. So we just kind of took the day off and nobody did anything. And that was the end of that. So what I'm saying is don't trust. No, this story has to be told. Then you say, take the day off. And I went, it doesn't need to be told that bad. Just don't trust anyone with a mustache who's quiet. That's the lesson. If you're really quiet and you have a big old like 70s ass mustache. Just don't talk. Be careful, Scott, because if any quiet listeners with mustaches hear it. (laughs) They're going to be upset that yeah, you targeted them. And by your own logic. Yeah. Well, no, they're perfectly good, reasonable people that are just going to have a complex now that they you know, look like a killer. Yeah. I mean, Bo, if you shaved right now and had short hair and then shaved everything except the mustache part of what you're growing there, you that, that was his mustache. That's what he had. It's just like yours. Be a, be a look. Yeah. But you'd never be able to talk. You had to be real quiet and just sit there and then kill a guy. I, so... Yeah, I don't yeah. think that that's not me. No, I don't think it's in you. I don't, I don't think know. you have it in you. <laughs> I was like, ah, wait it. Nah. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought about it. But it happened in Poughkeepsie, which I don't think is that far. I don't know where Poughkeepsie is. It's in up, upstate <laughs> New York, right? It's in New York. So it's a, just outside and out of, I mean, you are, I mean, you were in the zone is what I'm saying. This, this act happened while you were I'm on trying the eastern to, seaboard. <laughs> yeah. And this would have been uh, 2000 and... Three or I four? Don't. What were you doing in 04? Uh, well, they 04, caught the guy, Scott. I lived, yeah, I lived in Kingston, <laughs> it wasn't Ontario. Let me, let me get to the bottom of this for you, Scott. It wasn't Bo. They caught the guy. No, I'm just I wondering. Like, answer the question, though, because you know, yeah. this, uh, reveal some Bo lore. I was in, lived in Kingston, Ontario. Yeah. And I was a student at Queen's University studying uh, theater. Oh, that's right. Doing the mad yeah. David Mamet work and all that business you were doing then. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was one of the jobs. I had three jobs, I think, in 2004. I worked at Gap. Yeah. I worked at, I was um, a props manager at the part-time at the university. Okay. And I worked front of house at the Princess Court Theater. Goodness. Except they never paid me, so they let me use the theater for my own productions outside of the university. And so I got to, like, Use the pool of students to like put on shows because they all want experience. It was fun. It was great. It's a great time. I miss those. Do you have movies. video or anything like old photos of that? Uh, I do have a video of uh, the we put on Oleana. Um, Oleana, at, uh, and I have I have it on like Super VHS. I got to convert it. I did like live stream it. I think at one point, but like it's not converted to video. If I should convert it and show it to you, what is Oleana sounds like a um, the nipple. It's a play by David Mamet. Oh, it's, it's a movie a starring Bill Macy and uh, Karen Eisenstadt. I can't remember her name, uh, but yeah, there's a there's a movie version. You all should right. watch mine. All right, we've all learned something, and I can't wait to see your production of Areola. All right, moving on. <laughs> yep, Areola. That's it. Yeah. Areola. Uh, so that's it for all that. It all sucks, but also now you know what games you're not going to get to play ever, including uh, well, maybe not ever, but Twisted Metals uh, on permanent hold, and so is. Uh, Respawn Star Wars game, untitled Star Wars game, which I was looking forward to. And we were even talking about a Star Wars shooter today. One of us played. We'll get to all that. Yeah, yeah, we are. In fact, we'll get to that 
now. All right, games we played this week uh, together and uh, uh, apart, but also shared, we played Helldivers 2 because Helldivers 2 is rad, and why not? Would you not want to be playing Helldivers 2? Um, some crazy stuff happened this week with that, too. They showed uh, some stuff got leaked where they showed some mechs and other vehicles and stuff that uh, apparently you'll be able to call down and get inside of and ram- rampage around, at least temporarily, in some sort of giant mech. That's pretty cool. Uh, we don't know much else about it. The leaks are just leaks, but, um, we'll, we'll see what happens. And also we found out there's one dude who works at, (laughs) at the company whose whole job is to be basically be a DM over the game. He's like a, a dungeon master game manager guy. Let's see. What's his name? Uh, Joel. Uh, Joel. <laughs> he works there. <laughs> uh, Arrowhead CEO said Joel's our game master, and he just—he's just a dude who is a real person who spends all day like making shit happen in games. And it—they didn't get into super detail here, but it sounds like maybe he could make things happen. Like if if the robots were overwhelming somebody, he could slow that down, or he could up the ante with the robots, or he could throw down a giant spider for no reason just to see how people react. It sounds like that kind of Well, there power. was also some story stuff. There was a planet that people really liked um, that fell to, I believe, the automatons. Yeah. Um, and it, that got a lot of memes uh, over, the, over the week when that planet fell to uh, automaton control. So um, that sort of stuff, that sort of organic storytelling is uh, happening as well. And I think maybe Joel is behind some of that too. (laughs) Like, ah, they're going to lose this planet. It's going to be gone. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that stuff is, is cool. I think that's another awesome layer on hell divers too. The game is so good. Like I, I genuinely have a hard time like playing something other than hell divers. And I just keep Same. going back to this thought. This is the thing I can't stop thinking about. What would our show look like right now? What would our gaming experience look like right now? If hell divers two had come out console exclusive and oh. I don't necessarily even just mean Sony. Cause there's going to be people that say, um, you know, you're not, you're trying to drag Sony or something. I mean, any console. Well, there's me again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <Nintendo>. <laughs> two me's like Nintendo, uh, any, like uh, any console, any console. Like, sure. Yeah, I think this game has benefited so much from being multi-platform and it's one of the best video game experiences. I think you know, after 2023, I think a lot of us were like, eh, maybe it's going to be a kind of light. It's a building year for video games. We'll yeah. see where it goes. And I've had so much fun with this game. I'm still not sick of it. I still get just as pumped landing on a planet. I'm still finding new ways to have fun with it. Um, It's genuinely shocking how refreshing each run still feels, even though you're kind of doing the same thing. And uh, uh, I love it. And knowing more content's coming for it, I'm so excited because it's just going to keep making it better. Like yeah. Helldivers 2 is so good. We had a really good week. They they essentially solved server problems uh, for the most part. And I didn't have any major. My biggest problem was my own schedule. So it was hard for me to get in when you guys were playing. But when I did get in with randos, I did have one weird experience where I got booted because they didn't like my loadout. 
Um, there's a little bit of a meta thing going on where if you don't have a certain loadout, people will just kick you right out. Even on even on yeah. middling the dif- difficulties or whatever, it's not that big a deal. I, you just get right I back in. I say take that for a, a a good thing and go. Eh, I didn't want to play with those people anyway. Yeah, I just don't want it to be a prevailing cultural community thing around the no, game. No, and uh, well, I mean, this is how you fight it. If you team up with somebody that criticizes or talks about your loadout, you quit and you only let those people play with each other. Yeah, but Don't you drop deny it. them your presence. You, what you do, though, is you drop a it's right before you leave, you drop the biggest area of effect uh, orbital strike you, you have in your arsenal yeah, on absolutely. top of them and then leave. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. 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 That's the Nuke, rules. then leave. Yeah. Um, this <clears> game turns out, though, is a hell of a thing. And Bo, I, I assume you're going to echo these thoughts. Well, uh, I mean, I want to talk about the Game Master thing because I'm like really in admiration that they did this. I've had thoughts when like composing my own version of Planet Side that maybe I'll one day get made. Who knows? <laughs> that that actually having a director on in a persistent world um, coordinate, you know, having a toolkit of events and content that they could implement based on you know just like you'd run D D game right like um the, the 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 small idea of this was the ai director in left for dead and how those kinds of games have as part of their design the levels respond to the actions of the players right like right. If someone pulls off too far while well, the game's going to spawn somebody to go mess with them because you shouldn't wander off alone like it's Rather than it be a level and here are the monsters and where they're located, the game's looking from an AI perspective to create that dynamically. But in a, this is not a persistent world. So I, I'm actually shocked to find there's a game director here, but there is a persistence in that global map objective, right? Right. So, because you look, I, one of the things that sort of shocked me with the game, like there's so many sectors and they're so far away from Earth. Like, are we just poning the shit out of it? Because, like, I expect <laughs> Super Earth to be under attack from all directions, like it to be really in the middle. So, I'm pretty sure, you know, as a good DM, we're going to be losing a lot of territory. I think you got to lose before you get victories. And uh, it's great that they have one of those. That makes me more enticed for the game because that means your experience is going to stay fresh. An AI cannot compete with a human uh, for novelty uh, and unpredictableness uh, in in the gaming space. That's why TTRPGs, even though they're you know not played on computers, uh, they're played low tech on paper and with your imagination. Right. They can never a video game can never rival it because you have to program in the possibilities, which is a huge takes a ton of work and the imagination can do it in seconds. Right. Um, so, so having someone in there to bridge that gap a little bit to say, we've prepared a lot of different things. That's to me, like the pathway to keep playing your dumb, not dumb, but your game as a service, like all these companies trying to innovate on the idea of a game as a service. Well, there's a reason why PVP games Remain novel all the time. It's the human factor. You don't know how the next set of opponents are going to behave, what strategies they're going to employ, what weaknesses of theirs they're going to exploit as you observe their tendencies. And in a PvE space, you just need a human behind there to do things that you can't, you know, that you can't quite predict. And this is like an out, like that's why it's why it's like, oh, I'm a big fan of this company. They're thinking about these things. It might not be perfect or the best, but it's absolutely amazing. 
that they have someone in there messing with people because that's going to keep people playing. Even the, the CEO has this quote where he says, there may have been some sudden moments where maybe one planet was too easy or one was too hard and Joel had to get up in the middle of the night and take care of it. I mean, that's awesome, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I want that job. It sounds amazing. Like, to, you know, just like, oh, the players, oh, the players are optimizing build. Like that whole thing you're talking about, I hope they're talking about that and go like, listen, there's a meta. And like, okay, let's make their, let's, let's validate the meta. Like, you know, the game director is going to be like, actually, the Terminids develop new tech. That means uh, railguns bounce back the bullets and kill the user. Uh, so, so it, you know what I mean? That's why metas gets. That's why metas make games stale because they're like, oh, we have to wait till the next balance and new content. But if you have a live game director going, oh, a meta, you say, um, you know, <laughs> I'm going to immediately destroy your meta, which is what you can do in D&D. If people are meta gaming, you can just throw, you can be like, oh, they, they believe there's going to be a lot of petrification in this dungeon. And they've gone hard on petrification spells. Well, I'm going to make it so that. Um, because it requires verbal components to cast a spell that, uh, there's a lot of gas in this dungeon and they can't speak easily. So there's an extra challenge involved in just pwning the place or something like there's a lot of ways that you can make things interesting and harder and break up meta so quickly with this. And I'm just excited to see what more is done with this, uh, game director thing. Cause I think more games should have it. I also, it also sounds like it might feed into the arms race that is mechs coming down the line, right? Like yeah, you can yeah. see there being an arrogance to like, well, look at uh, look at how well we're fighting a war on two fronts, and we're we're doing so good, and uh, we got all the tools we need. Uh oh, we're losing space. Uh oh, that you know there could be another faction coming. There's rumors of like a like a fish people is what I heard um, people yeah, talking about. That's the rumor. Um, like all of a sudden our tactics and our methods aren't working the way they used to, or there's another front to be fought now, instead of just going, you know, like, ah, oh, we got the best soldiers. We got the hell divers. We got this covered. Now they have to go, Oh man, we got to develop some yeah, shit. Yeah. We got to, we got, we need new weapons if we're going to actually win this thing. And uh, I think that that is going to be a fun narrative to be a part of as the game goes forward. Right. There's a great quote in here, too, where they say the war effort, to your point, the war, the war effort isn't an aimless battle to fill up percentage bars, but a constant clash with Joel as he tries to keep up with our keep keep us on our toes is how we put it. <laughs> I just That's like the central the central role of Joel. And whoever it may be that either joins Joel or replaces Joel or Joel's there forever. I have a new perspective on the game because of Joel. Um, This concept that, and they're very, that they're very open and transparent about that. There is this personal touch happening. It's the very thing I feel like is missing from a lot of games and games discussion, especially around these layoffs and canceled projects. It's a lot of just filler and chasing trend and often trace chasing those trends too late. Like we see a lot of that happening, very impersonal stuff. This is like the opposite of that, right? This is personal. This is Joel and he is there and he might be a, (laughs) he might be a godlike character to to us in some ways, but there's something reassuring about that. All this AI talk and all this like automated this and that and the other there's Joel doing Joel work. Yeah, He should, he, they should have it so that Joel does like, uh, every few days does like, um, drops where he like has messages like you know like a D would role play like a villain right like you as a dm you'd 
<laughs> Enemies, <laughs> we've got I've got new minions for you to destroy. <laughs> I'll keep you busy while I steal all the money. Yep. And um, <laughs> having having somebody there on a daily basis as part of the live service to customize that message that reacts to player tendencies is, would be irreplaceable, right? Right. Like you, yeah. you, you can't. You know, how do you duplicate that? I don't, that's it's the only, like, yeah. it's the first instance of having a live performer as part of the game, right? Like if you think of film versus theater, you watch a film, it's always the same 120 minutes, but a theater performance five nights a week, Monday show might, is not the same as Tuesday show, even mm-hmm. if it's small micro variabilities, different vibe, different audience, maybe a mis- different mistakes at different points. Um, and and so having someone there to do that live service is is just an interesting not regression but like yeah. turning back that not only is this the game but we have a live performer yeah and it's not and that, less it doesn't make it for money yeah it doesn't make know? it feel like less of a problem or less like it's you could go well that's just we can't find the tech to make that work so it's kind of a failure to have to go back to have human hands involved I don't see it that way at all I see it as like acknowledging the value in that. Like there's value in it. it. The other stuff's cool. Don't get me wrong. Like a bunch of shit happening in that very game is not possible without many decades of iterative technology to get us where we're at. So I can see explosions look that cool. Like I'm not saying throw that all out. I'm saying you find a place where Joel is the answer and you make it happen. It's just, it's, I'd love it. I absolutely freaking yeah. love it. Which all praise Joel. Kind of all hail Joel. Yeah. Joel McHale. Wait, that doesn't work. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Tolbert, <laughs> Dr. Tolbert in the chat says, so this is a Joel playing game. Get it? Like role playing game. Joel. Yeah. Playing game. Oh, nice, yeah. Nice, nice. yeah I like that. Thank you, Jerry. Well, they've got such a great venue for showcasing all this stuff, too, because your ship comes with a TV. They can keep you up to date on all the <laughs> yeah, Joel happening. Yes. Like, That's what I mean. It should be. They should do new general brash like it's Monday, you know, February 29th. Uh, this is General Brash. Yeah. And the Brash update is the damn Terminids have taken over a Mecha 2B Prime. And uh, so send your best freedom fighters to that location and uh, liberate. You know, just like personalized messages that mm-hmm. like you can't pre record. Like it's like Monday morning. My job as the dungeon master of the game is to come in, record a few lines, and they'll throw up a video. You know, like the like, low effort and accomplishable but gives you a personal touch kind of like how podcasting started at least in video games, right? Like even in planet side, there was a Raxus free radio, you know, like instance back in the day mm. felt like a connection to the live game, a radio show for the game that talked about current events. It's sure. almost played a role as a peripheral character in, in, in a persistent world. Yeah. And you could implement this directly in game by talking to your community and responding very much to what they're doing. That keeps people coming back. Yeah. Like, and even if you didn't know, even connected. if you're just a casual yeah. player, you would feel the difference whether you knew it or not. You would feel this like curation, yeah. Yeah. right? Like this is a, the idea about the, the dream of persistent world games. And this one I think counts because of things like this is that it feels like a, you know, fake real world that you can get lost in that becomes like a second life. Oh no. I just Oh shit. Second life. Oh shit. No, no. Flying penises. Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we're still playing it. It's great. We love it. We were supposed to play Tuesday, and I had a dental thing, and John's been busy with house stuff. We just couldn't make it happen, but we're going to try to play. My guess is Tuesday we'll probably try to play this again. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> we could play tonight. There's another, yeah, we'll see. You know, I mean, if we I don't can have get... to do a three-hour show, we can do a you know two-hour show. People won't be that mad, right? You guys will stay subbed. Yeah, you know, let's cool. see. We're, <laughs> in, we're at an hour 48, so goodbye, everybody. It's been great. Uh, we're now going to go play a game. Not really. Uh, we also uh, played Balatro, is what I've been told is how it's pronounced. Balatro. Yeah, Balatro is what I was saying last week. But John played Balatro or Balatro. He spite bought this. This is a spite purchase. It was a spite buy. <laughs> a little bit. So for those of you who may have missed last week, previously on Core, yeah. uh, Scott had nothing but just gushing praise for Balatro. Still do. Uh, yeah. Said it was very good. Mm-hmm. Bo came in. And said it was borderline the worst video game he ever played. That's not true. <laughs> That's not what he said. That's what everyone uh, heard. Let me, let, me, let me walk it back. I've gotten comments over the past week. Yeah. Bo said that uh, it just didn't click for him and wasn't really his thing. That's what he said. Yeah. Um, and I said, as a third party on this show that was interested, um, I... I said, Scott trying to sell me on the game didn't quite work. I was a little nervous still, a little hesitant to buy it. After hearing Bo's review, uh, I it sold me on it, even though he was not complimenting the game. I It convinced me to buy it. I bought the game. So it is the uh, it is the decision time. Bo already knows, though, because I, I spoiled it while oh, we were did, playing Helldivers Oh, together. you told him? Okay, I'm curious. Uh, I haven't but, heard uh, this at Scott all. doesn't know. Yeah. I'll just tell you my current playtime in Bellatro and see if you can infer where my feelings on this game are yeah. from the... <clears throat> 15.3 hours I've played of Bellatro <laughs> since I got it last week. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it's actually a That's lot. That's a lot. It's actually a lot, a lot for a week. Yeah. And yeah. I've, like, most of my time's been in Helldivers. Like, it isn't right. even my most played game. It might be yeah. my most played, but I feel like my attention has been on um, Helldivers 2. Like, that would be number one for me as far as attention, but sure. I cannot get away from this game. This game is extremely fun, extremely satisfying. Like, it absolutely, it scratches an itch I didn't know I had. Like, I just get in. Um, I thought I was going to be bored with playing poker hands and, um, you know, like, dealing with regular playing cards because kind of just boring it's not a very fun aesthetic yeah it's just like, something you're used to your I, grandma I plays would rather with these cards. have yeah. fantasy characters and things like that but i got in and was like okay the what it does is it gives you a quick and easy shorthand to understand these are the rules and now let's get let's have fun breaking them and mm-hmm. uh, funny enough that's what i always loved about diablo 3 and it's kind of loot system as you spend your entire time leveling up in diablo 3 learning the rules of Diablo three. This is how it works. This is how witch doctor works. This is how a uh, demon hunter works. You're, you're allowed to summon one little uh, ballista to help fight with you. You know, that's, this is what you're allowed. And then you get to the end game and then the end game is all about breaking it. This is the same principle. It's like you understand how to craft a poker hand and what the poker hands are and what the cards are and what the card types are and all of that. Now we're going to go through and break it in a very satisfying way to see how many uh, how many points you can get mm-hmm. and if you can go crazy with it. Right. And uh, I've just been having 
having fun. Like you go in, you don't really know what you're going to get. You're just playing stupid regular poker at first. And you're like, all right, I'll get 300 points. And then next thing you know, you get a joker, you get a weird arcana or something like that. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, yep. it's going to be get weird. all flushes all the time. <laughs> We're living in the toilet, <laughs> toilet dream. Cause this is going to be flushes for days. Yeah. And, uh, you just go down this weird, you know, like build and hope that it works out. I've beaten runs twice now. Uh, I've complete gotten through a complete run where it then goes into endless mode. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Got some really cool jokers that I was like, oh, this is game breaking. And then, of course, the game does eventually find a way to go. No, it isn't. Mm. Um, and it's been fun. And like the first time I got to the end, the final boss of the final ante is what they call it. Um, the first time I got there, I was like, this is insurmountable because the the one I got was like the wall or whatever, like where it's just like its whole powers that it just has a super big amount of points that you need. Yeah. And I was like, I was feeling good because I was able to get like a hundred thousand points and it over the course of all my hands, I was like, yeah. And then I got to the boss and it's like, great, get 300,000. <laughs> I was like, this game became impossible <laughs> in the last hand of the game. Yeah. And then shortly thereafter, I found a way to do it. And it was really, really satisfying. So uh, I've just been, I've just been having fun and it is, it is just the perfect size and pace and like, focal that like have the right focal requirements for me to put something on and enjoy it and just do this in the background or um the big one this is the reason why i have 15 hours when my son comes in and goes dad watch cars in office i go yeah buddy we're gonna watch cars in office yeah you sit right there i'm putting on dumb youtube videos and i'm gonna sit here and play bellatro because i can't do that with hell divers because then i'm getting frustrated with him i'm like we're fighting bugs son yeah. i can't change video right now we're fighting bugs <laughs> yeah. it's the perfect game for when he's like just chilling in the office with me and i can just play hands and you know as we talked about loop hero i think i think you did scott you yeah. mentioned it's a lot like Loop Hero in that same regard. Like Loop Hero was a game that got a lot of time from me because when he was a little infant, he would just nap next to me and yeah. I didn't know when he was going to wake up. It's like it's like playing games next to a ticking time bomb. You don't know when that thing's going to go off yep. and you need to be able to just drop what you're doing and go do something else. And this game's good for that. Loop Hero was great for that. It just falls right into that same niche for me. Yeah. And uh, as a result, it has seen a lot of play. This thrills um, me to hear this because I needed some validation. I thought I was going crazy because I was sure last week I when I was playing this for the first time and loving it, I went, you know who's going to love this? Bo is going to freaking love this game. <laughs> like I was so sure of it. I had it in my head. And so when that happened, it was almost like, the world wasn't what I thought it was. It was just like a different world. And then, and then when you said you were going to do this thing, I thought, well, okay, this will this, this will tell me if it's me or not, if I'm the problem. Uh, and the game's obviously no, very popular. It's doesn't, probably you know, me based on the amount of feedback I, I've gotten on the subject this week, too. Yeah. Which, you know, I've like a lot of games, itself. we've said it before, we'll say it again, not every game's for everybody, and it's always interesting to find out which is which is for who and why. But um, I mean, I played a thing this week that I really like and I didn't think I was going to at all. So, you know, we're always surprising ourselves, but I'm glad to hear it. Oh, I was going to ask you this. When I said last week, it it feels like the game that you would have as a mini game inside of like Hot, Hotline Miami. 
I don't know why I still feel this way, but there is a, it feels like it's in that world. And I think it's just the graphics. It's just the weird a little scan bit. Like Also the fact that like, I don't know, a Joker talks to you and that's a little creepy and like, am I insane? Like, yeah. you know, what is this world where the Joker's like, ha, 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 yeah. how you doing, bud? Yeah. It's and like, he's oh, kind of boy. a dick because when you lose, he's always got something kind of rude to say. It's like, yeah. well, I guess you didn't uh, have what it took to, you know, or whatever. It's like, shut up, man. Even when I won, even when I beat the stupid thing, all he had to say was like, ha ha, guess you weren't bluffing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I see what you did. There, <laughs> I see you what joker. you did, buddy. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad to hear it. It's very, very good. I agree. And I've uh, been playing it a ton as well. Uh, not a lot to add because you kind of covered it all, but the strategies are sort of endless. It's part of its charm, I think, is there's it's just never the same game. And, yeah. uh, Although I do have a bad habit of falling into trying to build the same decks. And it never works. Like, yeah. I will tell you this. Don't fall into the trap. You like getting a flush might sound uh, easy and appealing. And there's some great ways to build around it. I've not been able to do a flush build. I've made a few that got me to the end of the game, but not for very long past it. Like they, there is a cap out on these things. Mm-hmm. You got you can't be afraid to actually play some hands. Um, oh, yeah. I, I get in there and for whatever reason, like. And here's my embarrassing, uh, I just said like, oh, it's all poker hands. So everybody knows what they're doing. Yeah. I didn't know what a flush was <laughs> and I wasn't doing it for like the first multiple yeah. playthroughs of this game. Yeah. And then my wife was watching me and she goes, oh, you got a flush. And I was like, no, I don't. And she goes, yes, you do. And I said, what are you talking about? Yeah. And she's like, you have all hearts. You got five hearts right there. Yeah. And I went, yeah, but they're not sequential. She goes, that's a straight or a straight All flush. hearts yeah. is a, is a flush. And I went, Oh, and she goes, what did you think a flush was? I, I don't know. I did. I guess I didn't really think about it. And now it's the only kind of like way that I want to play. Mm. I'm, I'm just like, cause I have a joker that makes it to where it doesn't differentiate. Like it just, all cards that are black are both spades and uh, clubs. Right. All cards that are red are diamonds and hearts. Like yeah. it just recognizes them as the same. So if you have a gives bonuses on spades, it will give it whether it's a club or a spade and yeah. you can select any to get a flush. And I'm like, Oh, this is the most fun deck in the world to play. Yeah. But uh, apparently they knew that that would be a common now, if this tactic, really was, and it does not give a lot of points to go that route. Yeah. Just as a little tip, too, if you find yourself playing real poker, um, uh-huh. you'll, you, when you, and you're going for the flush, you'll want to make sure it's the nut flush. Nut flush? Explain. I must know more. What is the, a nut? The nut. <laughs> so the nuts is a poker term. When you have the nuts, it means you have the best hand. Okay. Yeah, like, mm. like Even though you don't know the other cards, the other players, you know based on what is possible with the rest of the hand yeah, and what you have, you have the nuts, you have the best hand. So it's important not to act like you have the nuts or else you won't induce anybody to, you know, give their money over to you. Right. Because right. They won't bet. Cause they're going to, they you see that pretend you're, you're weak stoked. when yeah. you're strong, but, and, but it's always a good feeling when you're strong and you have someone on the hook still in the round with you. Cause then you, all you're doing is trying to extract value out of the other person yeah um yeah by laying trap and looking weak see just listening you explain that makes me feel like you would like this game but i was wrong i mean that made me think the (laughs) other way because everything bo is talking about 
with like awe and reverence yeah. is not in this game. Yeah, that's true. This game no. doesn't give a shit about like, poker. Like by the everything way. that poker po was just PvP. excited about is not in this game at all. Yeah. So, poker is a PvP game, and this is a PvE game, and it just it doesn't. That's true, but it also doesn't really true. give a shit about just, poker. In fact, they talked to the dev. No, it's a single no. single dev, and he said, "I don't even play poker." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He goes, I don't know much about it. I know a few of the mechanics and that's what's in the game to, to build yeah, on like a you, base mechanic. Yeah, I can but. tell because in poker, like at least in uh, Hold'em, you have to have five cards. When I found out I could put two pair in without a kicker, I was like, this person doesn't know that much, that much about poker. <laughs> the person who made this doesn't know that much about poker. Yeah. I'm like, you have to have five cards. I'm like, kickers yeah. don't matter. That's, uh, that's crazy. You have to. I think that. I think that that again, I'm not saying that if you didn't think this way, you would be fine with it again, everybody's going to have different tastes, sure, but I think it is important to go into this game, not going, oh, I'm going to play a poker game. I sure. think poker is sort of a common language to quickly get you in the door to understanding the different game that this is. Yeah. And to be fair, poker is not the only game that uses matching suits and pairs. Like there's, you know, I think uh, in Canasta you're making, you know, pairs and rummy. Like there's all hearts is a game. Spades is a game. Like, sure, sure. Euchre, definitely the suits match. Like all card games have some element of matching. Uh, cribbage is another one. There's flushes and cribbage. Like you can, you know, so it's, it's. That stuff is not unique to poker. It's like it's no, but common, but poker's like, the most uh, common of them, though, right? Like people are going to know that more. Like I, I will know I, what a I royal flush it, is. I guess poker is the most like televised for sure. So maybe it's the most well-known card yeah. game at this juncture. But it's arguably one of the least interesting, like mechanically, card games because poker is just about I have two hiding cards and you have two hiding cards, or some other number of hiding cards if you're playing Omaha or whatever. Mm -hmm. Guess my cards and let's bet. Like it's the interesting part is the human factor, the PvP like mind reading. Right. The actual mechanics of poker, it's it's a kind of a baby game, um, really. Yeah, there's not much to it. Uh, and I think that's why the I that's why this game sings to me because they take those basics and that's in there. Those basics are there. But it's this Joker system and the and the tarot cards and all that that just make it insane i mean 150 jokers with all the wacky shit they do and i haven't even unlocked them all i've only got probably and you can see some like really crazy build potentials in there because some of those jokers like there's one where it's just a joker with a knife yeah. and it's like this joker will murder whatever joker is next to it but you get this out of it and so it becomes this game of like, well, I need to get more jokers constantly yeah. Yeah. to put next to this evil killer joker card that I have. There are ways to keep your jokers around, but like it's like I saw that card and I was like, this doesn't work at all for what I have. But I can see the potential for a build down the line to make a really interesting, cool build off of this. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's the thing that's exciting to me is seeing jokers that I might not necessarily use. But going, oh, down the line, I could build a deck around this sort of principle and make something really cool if I wanted to try for it. Nice. Well, Team Jagger Johnson mm -hmm. this week on the uh, Jagger Johnson on this game. Jagger Johnson. I would have said, like on Film Sack, we do Jibbit. Uh, team Jibbit, if me and Ibbit agree, I so Johnson. Jagger Ibbit. Johnson was one of the top ten Canadian film directors. But. <laughs> Sounds like one. <laughs> yeah, from that list of terrible directors. 
All right. I also played another card game that I uh, love and for very different reasons. Um, I think Bellatro takes a lot more of your... I mean, if you really want to go nuts, you just got to really think about the math you're presenting yourself. So it's like, well, this Joker Mm -hmm. does this, the Joker does that. So therefore, if I play two of these, then, okay, that's going to double and triple and then 30 times over. I mean, there's a lot of that going on in Bellatro. If you want to just play some like really chill, solitaire-like experience, then I got a game for you. This game is called Regency Regency Solitaire 2. And it is brand new, just came out. The last Regency Solitaire game came out in 2015. It was very popular then. And um, this is the new one. And the best way I can describe this thematically is you're in a Jane Austen setting. It's in the 1800s. <laughs> you're, oh, you're dope, dude. Yeah, I've look, played. I, look, the, I, like, I can't help but laugh. I just want to make it clear. I've played the first Regency Solitaire. It yeah. is very good. Yeah. But Scott, I feel like, has this impossible <laughs> task of talking about a game that sounds like the equivalent of watching like a stuffy British drama. Yeah. Yeah. And selling it like it's the coolest video game of all time. <laughs> Down yeah. Abbey's awesome, dude. And he just Don't. starts with, it's like you're in a Jane Austen book. Actually, I'm glad, Mo said down, I'm glad you said Downton Abbey, Poe, because there is that that vibe is well here. Like, it is big time. In fact, I think that's yeah. on purpose. Um, Downton Abbey's awesome. I've watched it like two or three times. So there's a lot of drama about, you know, who's courting who. And I, well, if we're going to court, you must come to this new palace and do this shit. And there's a lot of this kind of stuff happening in the story. The story is optional in a way. You can kind of just skip it. I don't recommend doing that because I think it's just kind of fun. Um, because there's mechanics that have to do with some of the story that happens. And it's like, oh, I need to put these flowers in this vase. But really, it's just a mechanic to get these cards off of each other so I can see what's underneath them. Um, it's solitaire, but it's that kind of elimination solitaire. A little bit like uh, Solitarica, honestly. There aren't RPG elements necessarily here. But there, there is that that kind of solitaire where it, it, trying to work through the deck. And yeah, and it's laid out differently. It's not laid out just the way your regular solitaire is. It's you know creative. Tons of art, like all hand drawn, really beautiful art on everything, including the cards, which they give you an option pretty early on. They're like, hey, do you not want our fancy character art on these cards because if so you can just do regular playing cards i'm like no i want your fancy art and let's do what we got no, there. the art's awesome i love the old elder statesman with the big horn listening in his ear oh hell oh, yeah great. he's great fives. he's great and then you build these rooms and these places i did a garden first and then now they're showing a room but you have to like furnish places and you do that by unlocking like here's she's doing it with a lace fan that she can hold and then she's going to get a new dress to wear and then there's going to be a new furniture to put up i mean this stuff it all sounds like stuff my wife would watch on britbox or something (laughs) um but but it's fun to unlock in the same way that you know if these were mech parts i would also enjoy that and it's fun to fill a room full of these things and then accomplish it and go to the next level and do a bunch of card games listen to a little bit of story if you want to uh, there's a normal and hard mode, and they're both, uh, you know, hard's obviously more challenging, and there's a little bit more at stake. But it's just a fun little game, and I really highly recommend it um, if you like a casual card game where you're just sort of chilling. Apparently, these guys also made a game called I Was a Teenage Exocolonist. Oh, really? Which is also a solitaire game, but sci-fi. Yeah, they also did a fantasy one. 
Uh, sorry, my wife brought by and she's very nice. She did something really nice for me. Um, the uh, sorry, the other one they did was like a fa- uh, kind of a fantasy one. It's very similar, except it didn't use playing cards. It used his own symbols and and numbers and stuff. And I cannot remember the name of that game. Um, shoot. Anyway, and this is like a very small team. Uh, super accessible on social media and stuff. I talked to him on Twitter here and there. Uh, really nice guys, and they and they're they're making something they're passionate about, and I just really like it and respect it, and I think the price is right, and the the content's good. It's clearly a labor of love, and the only real requirement is you like a little solitaire with some unlockables. If you have that, you're in Fat City. So check it's it good. out. Good, and I'm gonna say Chad's giving you a little hard time about this game, and it should be in good fun because that's why I'm laughing. It's in good fun. Yeah, game. These games are cool. Like, yeah. it, but it's just, it is the funniest thing to try and pitch people. <laughs> it really is. You go from hell divers to this. It's just not an easy task. Okay. But, <laughs> but it's very good. Yeah, it is very good. I highly recommend it. Uh, I also played a game pass game. May as well. I pay for the damn thing. Right. So I fired up. All right. So days ago I said to our discord, I said, someone talked me out of trying tales of arise. Because it's this <laughs> nope, nobody did it's this anime ass looking RPG, JRPG that everybody said was good, but it, you know it just looked like it was not going to be great for some of the aesthetics I'm not into, and I just wasn't sure about it. But I kept getting more curious, and I decided, well, it's on Game Pass. I just play it. It's no big deal. I don't have to spend the forty bucks. I can just play it. So I did. I downloaded it, played it on my PC, and uh, I really like Tales of Arise. Despite mm-hmm. how effing cheesy it is, I'm just going to play you a little bit of cheesy from it. Here are some lines that I captured from it here recently. So here's one. How's this for an answer? Go to hell! Just very, you know, freaking out. That, sounds, that seems fine. How's this for an answer? Go to hell? That's yeah. all right. All right, how about this one? Here's Give me a, another one. Here's an an, one. anime grunt off. Uh, you, you're right. <laughs> I don't get you. <laughs> So there's a lot of that. Um, here's a here's a real rude one. Big talk for someone who can't even use astral arts. Yeah, so it's that kind of stuff. <laughs> Burn, got it. Burn. Um, but it is a really good one of those, and it reminds me a little bit of um, Dragon Quest Eleven, the the more recent one. Um, in the way it plays now it, it's real-time combat so it's not turn-based like that but the world the overworld stuff and just sort of getting around and navigating in that it reminds me a whole lot of that game uh it's a little more self-serious though than that and, and to its credit that's actually why it's, i think it's working for me thematically and story-wise is because they are really taking themselves seriously and it's ridiculous it's over the top and just ridiculous and i'm and i like that i like when they take themselves seriously and then it comes off as silly um, this guy here, you hear him in all sorts of anime things. Let's see if I can play his voice. Hold on. Here we go. All I know is Balsef must have his eye on you for a damn good reason. And this bad guy's name is Balsef, Balsef, like Joseph, but <laughs> with ball. Just a lot of dumb shit like that. And I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, and the other thing I like about it is it uses a real, real time combat system for the team combat, but it plays like the secret of mana games and final fantasy 16 kind of though it's that kind of combat so it's a lot of combos and high flying craziness and refilling bars and then ultimates that you can combo with each other and 
I can take control of this girl I'm playing with or she or I can be the character I am if I want or uh, I can let the computer just kind of do it all if I want. If I'm just there for the story, like they have all those kind of options. Game came out in like 2021. So it's a couple years old now. And uh, Bandai Namco joint. Um, I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying it. But is this a game I'm going to see through to the very end and get all the DLC? I don't know. Probably not if I was to make a wild stab. But but uh, it turns out Tale of Arise. I've never played any of the Tale series. So this is like part of a long running series from, I think, even the back in the 90s or at least like the PlayStation 1 or 2 era or something. Yeah, it's been around for a while for yeah. sure. And um, I think I played a Tales game on GameCube at one point. Oh my gosh. I think it's even older than that, but yeah. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, that one that yeah, that sounds right to me. Um I like it though. I think it's really good. Uh f- again for what it is. I don't know what that when I say it, I don't know why I say it that way. It doesn't need to be anything more than it is, but it's just this fun thing. The combat feels real good. Uh here's some video finally chat. It feels like a JRPG, but also modern a bunch of ways. Um, I would like the healing system. The item system's pretty good. Uh, like I said, the real-time combat's actually fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep at it for a while. And there's no random encounters, which I appreciate. I'm not a fan of those. I like the levels. Able- linear is a fairly open world. Um, so far, I'm... I'm what five hours in or something i think i'm still at a point where things are a little linear because i'm still sort of escaping this place that i was a slave oh, okay. um but i but from what i can tell the rest of the world looks like things open up quite a bit um and i guess so i so i can't really say because i haven't gotten there yet but it seems like it um heavy on story obviously oh it does this thing that's interesting um final fantasy didn't do this with 16 but you've but other games do this where some of the story is rendered in world. It's unreal, unreal, by the way. So it looks really nice. Very pretty. And, you, and in world, you're walking around, your characters are talking, interacting, you know, all fully voiced. And then suddenly it will change. Oh, you know, what reminds me Yakuza does this where the Yakuza games will have a fully voiced, very dynamic scene that will then just immediately turn into. Uh, and then it's just a bunch of words and you got to skip it. The next guy goes, uh-huh. And then it's a bunch of words. And then you skip it, and the next oh, guy goes. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know it's what I'm like saying? So there's yeah, some yeah, of that, yeah. and then there's also times where it's full blown anime, like cell animation story. Um, and I can't remember it what that reminds, reminds me, me of. But you're showing combat. It reminds me. How does it compare to something like Scarlet Nexus? Is it kind of that? Yeah, kind of that. Yeah, nice. I liked that game too. That was pretty cool. Um, I almost grabbed that actually because it's on sale right now. But anyway, I think I just, they're. I like the whole when you activate a buddy's uh, ability in that game, they just have like really fast animation, their face looking all cool and shit. Yeah. They had good <laughs> stuff like that in this too. Uh, it's a little less, well, it's obviously it's a fantasy town, less, less sci fi, but, um, and normally I would lean more sci fi, but for whatever reason, this is just, it just felt right. And I played a lot longer than I thought I would. And, it actually tempted me to just buy it on Steam so I could play it on my Steam Deck without having to jump through hoops. And I don't know when you start doing that, that usually means I like a game. So I don't know. Yeah, it's cool. I like it a lot. And you know what? The cheesier the better. This is a case where the cheese is working for me, and it's yeah, just the gotta, right. You gotta defeat Ballsworth or else the <laughs> yeah. Ballsworth. Yeah, and they're all just over the top kind of. That's why I think that's why I like Dragon Quest. They're very ridiculous and and. And serious about being ridiculous as opposed to, you know, Final Fantasy's 
got its ridiculousness, but it's also very, I don't know. They, they aim for a more serious, uh, they, they aim for vibe. some sort of aesthetic. This, this, the, the tails thing, because I've seen these trailers a lot. It always struck me as just like every color is vibrant. We have yeah. all the colors yeah. of the rainbow, but they're all going to be vibrant. It doesn't just stick to like browns or greens or like a matted, like a subdued color palette. It's just like everything's bright and candy colored. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah. And all running at, you know, 144 frames a second, looking real nice that way. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really have a complaint about it. There's nothing it does that I don't like so far. And the, some have said that later in the game, you'll do a lot of grinding to get to levels and things. But I also know that JRPGs, you know, grinding is no, a huge part of them. So yeah. it's fine with me. Um, anyway, it's cool. I'm going to keep at it. We'll see how much more I play, but I, I'm enjoying it so far. And it's yeah, on Game Dragon, Pass. Dragon's so. Dogma soon. You might be pitching that one in favor of Oh, that, yeah. So. I forgot about that. That's oh soon, gosh, right? I'm so excited for that. Although it I, is in that I need to play Dragon's Dogma weeks? one. No, no, but I know you did. You're gonna want to, right? Skip. You're gonna want to. No, I know I want to, but you maybe oh, should just not gonna beat it in two weeks. But maybe you could just experience a taste of it and that's enough. Because I'm guessing it's been so long since that game came out that this is like a whole new thing. Like you know. And this might be the game of the year for everybody and their dog, but I don't know how much of one you'll have to play to get a taste uh, for it. Also, just as an FYI, Dragon's Dogma is $6 Canadian, the first one. Oh, I have it. I just haven't uh, played it. Yeah. One of those. I bought it because it was on sale and I heard it was good. So March 22nd? Holy shit. That's, I own it too. March 22nd but, is like two weeks from now. Yeah, three yeah. weeks. Um, but. Yeah. One of the reasons why I skipped was that it wasn't, it's a port, the first one, and mm. the controls on computer might not be as good as playing on the console. So I was like, mm. actually, mm. maybe I just don't, I'm just going to start with two. Maybe I just start with two. Maybe I yeah. can try that. See well, how that works out for me. But I am going to wait for some reviews to hit it. I'm not buying, I'm not a super fan that I got to buy this on launch. Yeah. Getting a lot of good pre-press. Well, I'm going to be in the middle of moving, so I probably don't need it at launch, but I'm very excited for it, and I kind of know it's going to be in my wheelhouse, so we'll just see what happens. It would be hilarious if I was the big Dragon's Dogma player during that week, because Bo is hesitant and you're moving, and I, it ends yep, up being a Scott game. It could game. be. That'd could be funny. Let's, I mean, the reviews might come out before launch day. Yeah, that's right? true. So I might be, by that time, sold in the marketing. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, yeah, it could just be you. I also played Although, a ton of... Uh, the, the thing I played the most of this week was No Man's Sky. I'm just completely and just totally... Oh, every time I looked at Steam to see if anybody was playing Helldivers, there was Scott in No Man's Sky. Yeah, I would always go to Helldivers and check and see who was in. And if I didn't see you guys, I'd go, well, I, there's things I need to be getting done in No Man's, no Man's Sky. So I'd get into No Man's Sky and do it. Um, I love that game. That game is great. I feel like I'll return to it forever, at least until Set No Fire or whatever the hell it's called. I played a little bit of it, too. Um, I didn't play enough to where I felt like, yeah, let's put it in shared play this week. But I got in, and it was just such a reminder that, like, even though that uses reuses a lot of assets across planets and stuff, that game is just beautiful, and there's just something exciting about going to new planets in that game. Mm -hmm. Like... Mm -hmm. It's just such a good, satisfying loop, especially when you find out you're the first person that's ever been there. Yeah. And you think this game has been out for this long with this many players, and I'm the only person who has ever seen this planet. Yeah. 
it's still it still feels great to do that and it and it's still crazy to find one where you're like what am i looking at here like this is insane sure you saw you know 14 scorched planets that kind of looked the same for a while while you were running around doing a quest or trying to further the story or whatever it is you're doing but then you'll hit one and go what am i what is that what is that poking up out of, that's alive hold on scan it 250 grand okay let me more of the you know like you just got get excited on those planets the game rocks man it's so good anyway i'm playing a ton of that and then i also cracked open black flag for some reason i've uh, barely started it but uh i got in the i got in a pirate mood because skull and bones didn't do it for anyone so i didn't buy it i know some people are enjoying it i'm not poo-pooing on your prey but you know it seems like hardly anyone's playing it and it bums me out and I thought, well, what's going on with that world? And I start reading these articles saying uh, Skull and Bones may not have be tearing it up, but it has inspired everybody to go back and play or buy Black Flag because they just are like, well, let's go back to when they made a really good pirate game. And, <laughs> let's go uh, back to the game that inspired it. Exactly. So <laughs> no lessons from it was supposed to be like a straight up expansion to it or something. Right. Yeah. And they yeah. and then 10 years of development later. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I got back in there and it definitely looks like, you know, tail end of the 360 era, moving into the PS4 era uh, kind of looking game. Uh, it's not their latest engine. <laughs> it doesn't look as good as, you know, uh, Cassandra's game or any of those. But man, the pirate, the pirate vibe is thick and fast in that game. It's real good. Um, I'm not that far. Who knows what I'll do? I just kind of got a hair up my butt to reinstall it and play it. So I did a little bit uh that's it for me that's what i played for the most part um john let's go over oh i'm very excited about this one so tell us about dark forces remastered yeah so uh i was caught off guard a little bit by this uh coming from the same company that's been remastering a lot of these old uh boomer shooters to use the term scott is so fond of oh i love it um they have remastered dark forces and uh, reawakens some apparent like latent uh, psychological trauma that apparently exists within me that I have uh, not dealt with. Mm. Um, I know I have talked about I have a strange aversion to um, creatures in water um, and that I have long held the belief that this came from the video game Shadows of the Empire, uh, where you go into an imperial sewer you have to deal with a bunch of creatures called uh, Dianogas. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Basically, the thing that grabbed Luke in the trash compactor. They made it a monster in a bunch of video games. And then later, there's a part where you dive through this nasty, murky water. And uh, there's like a big sarlacc pit with tentacles down there. And it scared the bejesus out of me. And what I forgot is that Dark Forces has a level almost exactly like this, where you're in the sewer and a bunch of tentacle monsters come out of the ground. And I I was playing it, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty great. It's fun to be back. The soundtrack's wearing on my nerves a little bit because it's still using that MIDI-sounding soundtrack from the original Dark Forces. Oh, I wondered um, about that, if they were going to re- redo all that. I guess they didn't do that. If they redid it, it's not on by default. Okay. Um, And I got to the third level, which is a sewer level, and dealing with uh, Dianogas and stuff, and all of a sudden, I started sweating, <laughs> and my heart was pounding in a way that felt really uncomfortable. 
And I was like, what is going on with me? Am I broken? Am I having a panic attack? What is this? Mm. And I think there is still some weird psychological hang up built into me about this sort of creature that's in uh, floating around in poop uh, that's getting to me. I turned the game off. I got to the third level. I killed a bunch of them. I got stuck in the sewers. I got real anxious and I was like, I'm going to take a break and play something else. Wow. Go play Bellatro for a while. That's but it's crazy. really good, guys. Yeah, yeah. Don't let the fact that it gave me a panic attack or something fool you. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks it looks like they've been really true to the original. They haven't really changed a ton. It's still very pixelated, and but it's you know widescreen, and you can play it 4K and you can proper. aim up and down. That's a change. Oh I yeah, that's true. The original Dark Forces, you it was kind of like Wolfenstein. I think it was only a uh, vertical look space. Yeah, I think it was done in the. Uh, I almost said Jim Gordon forever. What's wrong with me? Uh, Duke Nukem forever. Jim Gordon forever era. Jim Gordon forever. I don't know why I said Jim Gordon. Anyway, the um, I forgot his name again. What did I just say it was? Duke Nukem? Duke Nukem, shit. Uh, I think it's the Duke Nukem engine, The whatever that was called. Uh, it always felt the same to me. But um, Oh, look at these cutscenes. These are great. Yeah, they're really cool cutscenes. They they've redone the art for those. Although I don't know, this doesn't. Maybe it was like this. This looks doesn't look as good as what I saw. Huh. Maybe it's fine. Oh, maybe what this, this might be something. This. this might actually be a hacked version of the original. I'm not sure. Totally uh, yeah, that. I don't think this is Dark Forces remastered, Scott. I think this is something else. <laughs> I think it's the I think, old one. I don't think you're showing the video game. Because it's forces. all the cutscenes are in widescreen. Yeah. So let's see. Hold on. Dark Forces full game remaster one day ago. Okay. Here's <laughs> here's a guy streaming it. Get some real gameplay up there. I mean, yeah. look, it still looks dated, but it does. It you know you still move at seven hundred miles per hour. <laughs> The moldy crow still has engines that are held on by nothing. They just kind of float there. Like it's definitely, you know, it's holding on to a lot of the charm of the old days. Yeah. Um, it's reinventing what I apparently thought of Dark Forces, which was uh, very much this like I thought the whole game was stealing the Death Star plans, which is literally just the first level. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did I just never get very far in Dark Forces? Yeah. It's not of. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's cool. If you like, if you played the original game and you want to go back, or if you just like playing these old retro shooters in a way that runs and plays really well on modern PCs, this is a fantastic remake. I think it's really, really cool to go back. Um, you know, if you can get past any weird emotional trauma you may have. <laughs> What? Lurking, uh, lurking in your subconscious is this still what's the price on this it's like 24 bucks or something like that uh okay. yeah it's not that expensive i think yeah 24 or so okay let me, see. let me pull it up since you're not we're not gonna get that respawn thing maybe this will scratch the itch and you know i don't think that's true but <laughs> you know if it makes you feel better go ahead and tell yourself that i guess it's 29.99 currently oh okay that's not bad seems a little high i think this could have been 19 or something it's just it feels like that's a little bit of a money grab to charge that much, but whatever. It's Star Wars. I guess. There are some really like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this game, like, this is how this game worked. Like, you know, 
to to end a level, like when you finish the level, you've done all the objectives and you get back to your ship. The game doesn't it's not like Doom where you punch a thing and it's like and the screen melts and all of that. Yeah. The game just gives you a message that says go to the next level through the menu and you have to hit escape and go go to next level. Oh, weird. I it's don't remember so, that. It's weird, so yeah. odd. It's so bizarre. And it's just like, oh, wow, things really, really have evolved over time. I do not remember that at all. All right. Well, I'm kind of interested. Maybe I'll wait for a sale because I like these shooters a lot. This old stuff's cool. Uh, all right. You played a little Pacific Drive. Sounds like not a ton yet, but I am like kind of pins and needles on that. I kind of need to know what the hell that is so I can make a decision. For a long Pacific time, I just Drive thought. Pacific yeah. Drive seems really cool. Yeah. Um, but Pacific Drive is going to take more time than I was ready to give it. Like this happens a lot with me in video games. And I, I've had a couple people actually recommend it saying, John, I think you really like it. I think they're right. Um, so the idea behind Pacific drive is uh, you are in the Pacific Northwest. You're in a car. Uh, you get pulled into this weird um, quarantine zone where things are happening. Things are falling apart. And all you really have is a broke down, beat up car that you're trying to keep alive to help get you through this area that's being torn apart by some weird outside force. And it is kind of a survival game um, mixed with a driving game, mixed with a narrative game. Uh, and you're just you're driving, trying to keep your car alive. It needs gas. It needs repairs. You're collecting materials to do that. Uh, while you're unlocking the story and I haven't put a ton of time into it. I kind of got enough to get to where the game kind of opens up and gives you free reign to kind of go and start exploring on your own and figuring it out. And it throws a lot at you to where I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to figure this out. This might be too much for what I'm paying attention to right now. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it does like it, it, throws out like, oh, you're going to want to collect these and you're going to collect this. Here's a tool to use this. Here's a tool to use this. Here's how you keep your tires uh, taken care of. Here's how you keep your paneling taken care of. Um, and it just felt like a lot, but everything about it seemed good. So that's why I think this game might be really solid is it's a lot to learn to take in because it's it's all kind of new. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like the game looks really good. Um, and it plays well. It's very atmospheric, very interesting. And uh, I think the mechanics work really well. Like, it's a cool twist on the survival loop. Like, the idea of just, I'm in this car. I have to take care of this car. I'm driving around. That's where I'm getting all my materials. There's weird anomalies that I have to avoid um, to keep from, you know, being damaged or hurt or having my car damaged and broken. Um, and I just have to kind of keep track and think of all these things. And it's a setting I really love. So yeah. there's a lot there to like. I just haven't spent enough time with it to kind of talk in depth about it. I just wanted to mention, cause like I said, a lot of people were recommending this one to me, um, that I did play a little bit of it. Uh, and what I've played so far is very good. All right, it, it does look. Looks cool. like it would be good for VR. Yeah, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, get a total VR vibe out of it. I don't know if that means they're. I don't know if they're working on a mod. Or, it's atmospheric and not necessarily like a twitch shoot or anything like that. Right, you know, right. Just, yeah, and it looks like just the way the interface, the UI works. It looks like you could 
reach out and grab shit. A lot, a lot of detail in the car. Like one of the funnest things about the Cyberpunk mod is driving. Yeah, like it feels cool to be in the vehicles in that game. Sure. Yeah, this looked neat when they first showed it off. I think it's a PlayStation. What do they call theirs? Dirt, not direct. Whatever it is, whatever they call them. That's the first time I'd seen it. And then when I heard it was coming to PC, I said, "Oh, this looks like a no-brainer." And now so that it's, it's here, I, I feel like I'm just. Oh, shit. I feel like I'm just waiting for. Yeah. You know, a good review, and I don't know. I, I, I'm very curious about it. So you should check it out, Scott. There, that's my recommendation. There's enough here to where I say you should check it out. All right, I like it. Looks like the inventory game is interesting. Because I'm going to tell you, it might be a while before I come back to it. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but Final Fantasy Rebirth came out. Yeah, it did. Is that today or no? Wednesday? Whatever yesterday. it was. Yeah, I think I think yesterday at like late it came out. Well, it did prompt me to re-download the first one so I can finish it first because I don't want to get the new one until I beat it. So Hurry up and put it on PC, please. Thank you. Yep. Some Some people... Look, imagine we don't all we don't all have PlayStation, right? <laughs> imagine held. Oh, did you see that link I sent where the guy was comparing directly comparing movement and like shooting stuff from uh, Metal Gear Five to Helldivers yeah. and how like dead on some of that stuff was? I kind of love that because that's Again, one of my favorite like, things about in, that game. It was in what you pasted. Maybe that's why I like it. Because good God, do I love Metal Gear Solid Five? Same. It is like I wish Kojima had the chance to finish that game because, man, do I love from a gameplay perspective. The story in five is lacking compared to other Metal Gear Solid games, but the gameplay in five is so freaking. Good. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, I love it. And then on the PC where you can just give your helicopter whatever song you want when it comes in yeah. is brilliant. And like, here's the thing. We we have certainly had our fair share of giving Kojina, Kojima Kojima <laughs> some shit for yeah. not being quite the visionary that he gets made out to be. But I'll tell you, the man who sold the world came on the radio the other day, yeah. immediately flashes of that <laughs> game in my head just yeah. from hearing the song. And I thought, you know what? It's not nothing. Yeah. Guys. It's kind of like brilliant. the fact that a musical cue hits and I'm immediately spending the next 20 minutes thinking about a video game maybe adds a little credence to the myth and legend of the man. So, yep. And um, on the PC version, it, it's so good on the PC version. You can load up this. You could, yeah. you could, that's it right. would be a really good helicopter song. That's right. I think I just used John Cena's music for a long time. <laughs> whenever it came in, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> that fits really well. Uh, you also played some more Deep Rock Galactic Survivor, and I assume that game is still great, probably. Yeah, they buffed. I was complaining about the the driller, my guy, yeah. and they buffed all the elemental things. Like, I just saw I downloaded a patch for it, and I was like, what's this patch? I clicked it, and it's like, yeah, fire is going to do more damage. Acid is going to do more damage. I was like, that's my build on the driller. <laughs> Let me go in and try, and I immediately beat the stage I was stuck on. So I was like, well, that's it. This uh, this game's great now. It's perfect. They f <laughs> it's even better. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about Deep Rock Galactic Survivor. I continue to think it is a very good one of those games and uh, one of the more passive ones. So 
If that's what you're looking for, it's very good. I read a good review today that said that it's that what they liked about it is they give you more to do. Like getting, the mining doesn't add that much to it, but it adds enough to feel like you're doing some shit that you wouldn't normally do, right? Yeah. So it's a little bit more active in that way, and I, li- I like that about it too. Uh, and a lot of people on my plate or on my friends list on Steamer in that game all the time. Like that and Hell Divers too are like the two big ones I see right now. Uh, bro, bro, let's take it over to you. We talked some about Last oh, Epoch last week. I played a ton of that last week, although funny enough, I barely touched it this week, and I'm not sure why. I think I just got so bunged up in um, No Man's Sky that I just didn't do it. I some but, theories about that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, what do you what do you think of uh, Last Epoch? So I'm just I'm going to mention the elephant in the room on this one to get out of the way real quick. Uh, the servers are still bad. Yeah. Like you click on a transition to go to a new screen and it took it takes like a whole 10 minutes or town port. I town portaled and my skeletons went in and not me and the town portal went away. Oh, shit. Because of the, la- because <laughs> no. be- because of the lag. <laughs> because of the lag. Like it just, it the lag is borderline has made it unplayable, which is why. I only, I've only done my, offline. My thought so was I, like, yeah. I need to check this out. And they've been public. They came out recently, like where we know it's a problem. We're going to fix it. It's not abandoned. Where like we realize the servers are an issue, so they're going to like fix that. But you know, I'm like, well, I'm. It's not ready to play right now. I don't. I don't. It's not so. It's not so. Like Hell Divers, I would sit at the loading screen for hours. This is not a game. I'm going to sit at the loading screen for hours, which I'll talk up now about the rest of the game. Uh, Last Epoch, very colorful. Definitely not, you know, uh, a big company behind this, like with tons of resources. You kind of see it in little dribs and drabs, like the cinematic is just art and not full motion thing. Sure. However, the, the gameplay um, is good. You know, it, it it's uh, colorful and vibrant. Uh, John mentioned it feeling light, but again, I think his comment was bang on that it's just because you don't have a lot of abilities to start with. So... Um, as I got more abilities, I made it to about level 11 or 12 or something like that, or maybe 10, um, you know, it started to feel more, uh, uh, more girthy and meaty. I did, guess, did you, you know, play, did you play end up playing offline to circumvent the lag? Problems, no, I or? played the online mode cause I like the online mode. Like I'm, I'm not right. an offline, uh, person. I'm, I like to play games online. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, here's what I think. Uh, I think right now I'm a little ARPG'd out. And this is both a good and bad thing. It plays like any other competent ARPG. It's colorful, good. Like, it, you know, there's there's really nothing wrong with it other than I think they could they have to tighten up some things about, like, clicking. So, so far it feels like a very fun ARPG. But also... I played a ton of ARPG in 2023, and I just can't do it right now it's a personal thing i'm like i don't think i'll be playing this because i'm like you're spent there's not it's not the fault of these guys they i think with every intent made a arpg i just think i just think i'm kind of like i don't like the scene oh yeah let's just like run into there's kind of a meta conversation about it because like you know i played diablo 4 i I had that accomplishment people talk to me about arpgs and like I like everyone else because I like the genre, consume content from the creators in that genre, and I don't really like any of them. They depress <laughs> me. <laughs> like yeah. you know, we're talking, you know, and I can just drop the names. Like they just they hate everything. Always everything's terrible. Always all the time. And 
And it just, it, what Mr. Llama said really broke me. He was doing this review of Diablo 4 in its current state. And he's like, as it stands, Diablo 4 has got all this great stuff, but I'm not going to play it. So I'll be back in Diablo 2. I was like, dude, that game's been out for 20 years. I played it last year. It's good, but it's not that good. Like, I think people, more and more, I think people have like, uh, they, they're having issues if they can't get off playing Diablo 2 and play a different RPG. Sorry. Mm. And everyone bandwagons that, so I'm probably bound to get some commentary on this thing. But Diablo 3 is way damn better than Diablo 2. <laughs> I'm just going to throw out there, having played both <laughs> recently, I'm like, Diablo 3 is the better choice of those two games. Like, hands down. Like, I think there's something wrong. I shouldn't yuck people's yum. But I just, I find Diablo 2, it's like... I know what you guys are up to at the high levels. You're just doing this. It's a treadmill. You're just doing the same thing over and over again, clearing screens, trying to get incrementally better items, and then praising it as the most fun version of the game in the universe. When like POE and Diablo four, like all the RPGs, they're not that much different. Like you're splitting hairs on what's good and bad about them. I still personally don't like the stores, but PoE has an online store, and so does Diablo Four. So, like, I, I just hate the whole scene. I just hate all the conversations about it. I'm like, I'm done with it, and it's so it's kind of affecting my enjoyment of Last Epoch. Mm, I get um, it. I totally get that. And also, like, remember I was saying how like I'm falling asleep playing Diablo Four. That was kind of a theme in 2023 of my conversations. <laughs> yeah. I started to fall asleep playing Last Epoch, and I'm like. I think I find this genre boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't fall asleep playing Helldivers. I don't even fall asleep playing Bellatro, but I play and playing air. I'm like, maybe I think I like this more than I do. Um, or maybe I think, I think, yeah, I, th- I believe that I like this more than I actually like this. If I'm falling asleep while playing it. Um, do you think it was detrimental so, for you to get on that statue and to do as many hours as you did, especially when it was much more grindy than it is now to get to 100? Do you think that's just adversely going to affect how you see this genre moving forward forever? Um, I feel like it would me. I feel like I would have a hard time. I mean, I don't want this. My my whole thing on this is predicated by the fact that like, I don't actually uh, dislike any of the games. I, you know, I think most of the people who talk about games in this genre have, are, are needlessly splitting hairs and like putting things under magnifying glasses and saying things are terrible when, you know, we don't hold any other genre of game to the same standard, and it's not that complicated of a genre. It's just like right-click and run after things and shoot them. Like, it's pretty pretty simple. Um, so I just don't like it. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think that, like, I'm just like, okay, another one of these. I don't know. I'm looking for something maybe a little more exciting. We'll see if I might change. This is not me saying the game is bad. This is just the context under which I started playing... Um, this game and experiencing it going like i don't know Mm. and because i get asked about it a lot you know are you going to play this game Uh, just feel it's important to qualify my answer with uh yeah yeah i get it (laughs) i totally get it weird sort of way that's that's sort of why i don't have any more last epoch gameplay this week is because um you know even though i feel like I'm still hungry for a good ARPG because I feel like for me, at least that itch was not scratched by Diablo four. Um, there's the part of me that's like, but it's real familiar. You know, I got into lost epoch and I was like, yeah, this feels great. This feels like something I could get into. 
On the other hand, I haven't played a game like Helldivers in a long time. Mm -hmm. And it was very hard whenever I looked at the games I could play to go, yeah, I want to go into Lost Epoch and, you know, do ARPG business when I could be doing Helldiving. Yeah. So I think I will get back to it as well, but I don't know when that's going to be. It's hard to feel it's hard to feel a lot of luster for it at the moment. It just feels like there's a lot of new stuff that's very exciting. And while it feels while my time in Lost Epoch, it felt good. It was very familiar and there's a lot of brand new shiny that's distracting me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I mean, that's, I think it's why I didn't play it either. It's funny. I think we're all in the same boat. It's not, there's nothing wrong with Lost Epoch. It's fake. It's good. I like it's small team. I like that. They have an offline mode. I actually really appreciate that. It's a bummer that they're having online issues. It plays really well. It's a really good one of these. And by all accounts, there's a real depth to it. But I, I, I've been playing these for a long time. And if I was like Bo and like did what he did with four to get on the statue, I think I'd, uh, yeah. I may never want to play one of these again. Like it would be just, I'd yeah, be so well, spam. Like, <laughs> I'm like, it, it just feels weird. I don't know. It's just to, to, to have done that, but I think it was good. You know, you sort of explore a game and then we cover a lot of different ones. I just don't, I just can't do it again. I'm like tomorrow. If there's a statue, I'd be like, eh, I pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was fun. So yeah. I don't know. I think, I, but it's good. If you're looking, I recommend it. If you are looking for an ARPG to spit sync time into, a lot of people are playing it. They mentioned, especially when they're watching my streams, they're like, I'm playing Last Epoch. And when I played it, everything about it felt good. Um, so, you know, don't really have an issue yeah. with, uh, with, uh, with the game itself. So it's a, I feel a little, I feel like it's a little unfair to, to bring that up during a, like maybe like a, some commentary on the game. Um, because so far what I played felt very good. So, but I just don't, I don't know that I'll be sinking my teeth into it. Yeah. So I totally get it. Yeah. Um, awesome. Anything else? What uh, else you also, get? So, uh, yeah, we can talk about, wow. So, uh, this is just some updates, not so much my time playing in it, but I am actively recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> Which he's, he's the guy that's going to go up. Yes, I have a question for Ian Hazacostas, but first, uh, Season of Discovery Guild is recruiting. Um, yeah. we, <laughs> we need these roles on these days. Mm. Yeah, so um, there uh, some adjustments to Season of Discovery. They're sort of fast-forwarding a little bit. The devs were out talking about it. Uh, updates will be in this week. Um, there's going to be a permanent in-game XP boost of 100% for all characters mm. flat. Wow. Which I'm like, yes. So one of my big things is like, yes, it's fun to have the classic wow experience and it's fun to have that vibe, but I'm there's some things and this is different for everyone, so it's going to make some nerds mad, obviously, because, you know, it affects the, the economy or whatever, whatever, whatever. But it's like a nostalgia run. Like, I'm in there to have some fun playing classic. I don't I don't need the classic experience of it taking a billion years to gain a level grinding mobs. So mm. um, the fact that they're making it easy to bring people in, because that's a hundred percent XP boost with rested XP that like quadruples it. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, post level 25, there's something called student seeds that you can find as part of a new quest line in the game to get a sleeping bag. Those student seeds uh, instantly give you rested XP on your XP bar. So it's not even like you have to log out to get rested XP. You have eight seeds that just like, boom, like just give you a jolt uh, in the butt of, of rested XP. 
So that's also uh, just a nice touch. Like you can level. I was like going into season the phase two, like guys, I think I'm just playing my warrior because I, I have a few alts for raids so that we can bring community members into raids. So everyone gets, everyone who wants to participate gets a chance. It's part of core, you know, community building. It's a, MMOs are an easy way to play with the, the listenership. Um, now I'm like, well, if it's, 400% speed to level up my priest, then I'll go and heal a run too once we get Nomorigan or Nomorgon down. Nomorigan. Um, so. I like that. Nomorigan. No, no so, so, uh, I have the voiceover, the AI voiceover for the text, and it mispronounces things constantly, and it started to work its way into my brain as the normal way to say it. <laughs> they constantly call it Nomorigan. No, Nomorigan. <laughs> That's great. I love uh, it. The other one they mispronounced too is Stone Talon. Mm-hmm. It's like ah. Stone Talon, but it's like, oh, we must go to Stone Talon. <laughs> That's great, dude. Yeah, yeah. Season, so, season of discovery yeah. of new words is what this should be called. That's great. Well, yeah, that that, that too. Um, a few other things to mention: uh, mounts are discounted by fifty percent, even though I paid the full like ninety. I played ninety gold, although two again forty gold was donated to me, but um, now it costs half, which is great. And they're going to boost gold rewards from quests. So pretty much they're making it like, you know, easy town to get in, enjoy some WoW, not have it take up more time for Helldivers. That's what I say. Um, so that's great. And um, in the future, raid sizes for level 50, 60 content in future phases, they're aiming at 20 man, not no 40 man stuff, mm-hmm. which is good because fielding 40 is hard. Yeah. Um, but we are used to running 10 men. So that's why I'm trying to recruit a little bit to make sure we got, you know, we got uh, what we need for tw- uh, to at least run a 20-man raid in phase three and four. And, of course, I'm tanking, so at least that's one less tank we'll have to recruit for. <laughs> the same, a lot of people will volunteer to be alts, but no uh, primary tank players are pretty few and far between. But we do have a couple of tanks, so, you know, and healers, but still, we could always use more. All right. Um, yep. And uh, it's a good time in there. So I just wanted to mention those changes for anyone on the fence because, like, wow, will take too much time. They are constantly trivializing <laughs> that kind of stuff and making it faster and faster. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure there'll be even more in the future, just so you can get in and like just play quickly. So I like it. Right. Well, that's, that's cool. It. Season of discovery. Let your sod hang out. Or something. Yep. And uh, lastly, I wanted to give a shout out. I meant to do this for a couple of weeks and I forgot. Um, in the indie development uh, chat in our D- Frog Pants Discord, uh, people have made a game. It was called Core Survivors. I don't know if we actually featured the final product, but the final product is now out. Yeah. Uh, Core Play- Survivors playable. on HIO. Mm hmm. And I wanted to give them a shout out because a number of people contributed to the project and it's a game uh, that it runs in your browser and it features us, your favorite podcast hosts Yep. Um, uh, on there. So the, the link is kind of hard to say it's spaghetti syntax.itch.io. Yep. Spaghetti syntax core, is their main Godo core, Godo hyphen core hyphen survivors hyphen web. Yep. Yep. But, uh, are you playing it now for the, for the VOD? We need I'm to get a to. 10 hams redirect for that. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to. It's taking forever to load. But Spaghetti Syntax in our community is like a coding whiz and uh, did most of the heavy lifting there and then others contributed in other ways. Um, he's awesome. I can't get it to run, though. I don't know why it was, won't run here for me. Oh, 
This page is slowing down Firefox. <laughs> Firefox did it. I don't know uh, it, why. Might, it might be it runs better in Chrome kind of thing. It might be that. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. But anyway, yeah, know. go check it out. That's cool. SpaghettiSyntax.itch.io slash Godot slash dash chords dash survivors slash web. The faster may way might be to go to our Frog Pants Discord. There you go. Go to the forums and look up the indie development tab, and it's in there. I think we, I think I pinned it. Yeah, but uh, I do, I do recommend it. It's it, it's a fun time if you like yeah, Survivor games. It's, yeah. yeah, you know, looks like it, it was made in more than a weekend. A labor of love. <laughs> definitely more than a weekend. I can guarantee you that. It was, it was definitely more than a weekend for sure. Uh, all right. We're going to take a break. When we come back from this break, we're going to do a little more Core Crush. It's the Japanese RPG edition, JRPG edition of Core Crush that John has prepared. I'm very excited about this and feel good about my chances. That'll be after this break. Although I think Bo, wait, Bo hasn't won yet. So we need, you know. Root for Bo. <laughs> I'm not too good at this kind of <laughs> he stuff. He hasn't won yet, but I still think you have it easier. I think the problem is Bo talks about all the games he likes yeah. because he likes a curated list. You like everything. Yeah. Kinda. So when I'm putting stuff together for you, Scott, I feel like I have a ton to pick from. <laughs> and when I'm putting stuff together for Bo, it's like, well, yeah, but Scott knows he likes that. It's one of like four games he mentioned. Yeah. Whereas it's one of 752 that you've talked about. Yeah, so that's true. I feel like Bo's always at a natural disadvantage on this, but you know, we'll see how he does regardless. Yeah, and for those that wrote in and said, I really like this thing. What happened to Martha though? It Martha's not gone. This is just a little reprieve. Okay. Just a little break yeah. from that. I'll still do something a Dear new. Martha. If anybody ever has something you want to hear in a letter form, I'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. Write your emails in. Send an email request for a Dear Martha. I'll do it. Yeah, he'll do it. He'll do it for you right now. Personally, yeah. it'll be on your own cell My phone. Dearest Martha, I'm about to go pee. I'm about to go take a pee. All right, we're going to take a break. <laughs> when we come back from the break, we'll do all of that. Please stay tuned. All right, we're back, everybody. Welcome back to the program. It's time for us to... Did I have music for this last time? I didn't really, did I? How about... I here, I'll play this thing from Bo. And my brain is like, oh, fuck. Yeah, we'll let that. That's our theme. <laughs> Oopsies. That's our that theme. A great one. I thought I had Oopsies. the beep. <laughs> I thought I beeped that, but I guess I didn't. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, John is going to, we've been doing this for a couple of weeks now. It's pretty fun. We're going to do Core Crush, and uh, it's JRPG edition. John, explain. Core D Crush. And uh, we'll have a little contest here. Let's see how yeah. we do. So just like the past couple weeks, uh, I pulled Bo and Scott. For a couple of their favorite JRPGs, I also pulled the community, and uh, now I'm going to show each of them three images, which are comprised of three different games, and they have to tell me who they think submitted that as uh, as their favorite game. Now there was a lot of overlap again with this one, sure. so uh, it's going to be who I believe, who I pulled it from, because uh, once again, we got a little overlap. But we'll go ahead and start with Scott. Okay. Um, or I'm sorry, yeah, let's... Uh, I my, have them in reverse order My picks or, or, or my or his picks? Which which do you have queued up, Scott? I can do, do either I can do either one. Just do either. Just okay, quick. let's do Scott's first pick. Okay. So these are Scott's first question, which are Bo's picks. Okay. Um, so that... The three games you should have yeah. is uh, Final Fantasy VI, yeah. uh, also known as Final Fantasy III here in the United States if you play it on the Super Nintendo, yeah. uh, Honkai Star Rail, yeah. and Chrono Trigger. 
Excellent. So, Scott, you have to say which one of those is a bow game, which one of those is a core listener game, and which one of those is a John game. Now, not to try to give away anything or throw you off track. I'm just giving this as general advice. Keep in mind, there is a goal to trick you. And that might mean that I went obvious. That might mean I went tricky. I'm just letting you know yeah. you're not supposed to look at it necessarily and go, oh, I 100% know this. Sure. Yeah, and I Unless definitely don't. I want you to think. Because I know for a fact that both you and Bo would would say that you like Final Fantasy VI and that you like Chrono Trigger. Star Rail feels like community, though, so I'm going to lock that one in there and say okay. <laughs> that you are... Chrono Trigger bow is Final Fantasy VI. Scott, that is correct. That is three points for you. Look at the reasoning brain on Brad here, you know? You did good. You did good. I think that one was was pretty easy. easy. Hawkeye, Star Rail, and Chrono Trigger. Look, I didn't get a lot of submissions from the community this week, so I didn't have as much to work with, and a lot of them turned out real even. Mm. So get in Discord and look for DMs, uh, usually the day we record, and uh, let me know whatever the topic may be that we're doing. I do want to try Star Rail, if I I can just throw that out there. It seems like it's being well-received. People like it. It's a gotcha game, but, you know. Isn't it that that's the Genshin people, right? Yeah, Genshin it's Impact. Universe, I think. Yeah, yeah I kind of want to try it. Anyway, all right, up number oh, two. Your first one, yeah. a much harder one. Uh oh. Fantasy Star Four. Okay. Persona Five Royale and Illusion of Gaia. All right, Bo. This is on yours. For you. I'm gonna go Scott Fantasy Star. Illusions of Gaia, John, PSR, uh, P5R for the community. That is 100% correct. Three points for Bo. Well done, dude. Look at that. And I thought that one was hard. I feel like Bo has achieved Uh, something with that one. It was a shot in the dark, honestly. It was not. I loved Fantasy Star 4 for the Genesis. So uh, happily. That's some real art for that game by the oh, way yeah. it's good to see what brienne of tarth was doing before <laughs> she was on game of thrones yeah there's a real vibe to that game that's i don't know how well it holds up but i used to think that was so good love that game all right uh all right tied up next one for scott let uh, the legend of dragoon breath of fire 2 and yakuza like a dragon okay um, boy, another hard one here. Being uh, sarcastic. You didn't have a hard one last time. Well, this this seems a little harder because <laughs> okay. I've never heard either of you talk about Legend of Dragoon or Breath of Fire two. But you both talk all the time about like a dragon. So I'm gonna say this is a bit of a trick, and that it's the community who likes like a dragon. John with Breath of Fire 2 and Bo with Legend of the Dragoon. Scott, that is 100% incorrect. Damn it. Also, just to clarify, uh, no, I'm not going to clarify. It's 100% correct. All right. Should I? I, What do we do? I re-guess? I can't remember how. Yeah, you re-guess. You've lost a point. You can lose up to three points before I just tell you what the order is. Okay. You got all the guesses wrong is what you meant by 100% incorrect. No, don't look into it that way. I'm just saying 100% incorrect to be funny. This isn't Wordle. I'm not giving you (laughs) hints with my percentage. I'm glad this isn't Wordle. I'm tired of Wordle. Um, Okay. I'm going to say... 
like a dragon John Breath of Fire 2 bow Legend of the Dragoon audience incorrect damn it uh what am I down to <laughs> oh, one God. point I know it's the worst fart, fart ever um <laughs> the reverb on it let's swap Breath of Fire 2 and the Dragoon we'll keep like a dragon with, with bow Okay, so you're this, just repeat it so I know what you're saying. So, okay. Legend of Dragoon, John, and Breath of Fire 2, the community. That's incorrect. Damn it. Really? Then it's got to be John like a dragon. Well, you're, that's three guesses. Oh, you're out of points. I'm, I'm going to just tell you. <laughs> the Legend of Dragoon was selected by the community. Breath of Fire 2 was selected by myself. And Yakuza like a dragon was selected by Bo. Damn it. So it's just one t- twist off. Gosh, Here's it. why this one was easy. Cat uh, in the picture there for Breath of Fire 2 was on my oh! crush the first time we played this. Damn it. The right. The pantsless freaking girl cat thing. Look yep. at her. Look at her with her top like, and no pants. I was this is going to give it away way too much, but I figured I'd see how observant Scott is. And Frick. He was exactly as observant as I hoped he would be. Yeah, look at her, though. She's like Donald Duck. No pants. She got a top on, but nope. We don't want to cover... If you got a furry body, you don't have to wear pants. That's just a fact. Oh, well, why wear just the top? nature fact. Oh, well, how many I, animals do you see I, wearing pants? Why have I been wearing pants? <laughs> you can go outside, Bo. You can, you can go free. Furry body. All right. All right, Bo, your second one. This is your chance, man. Bo or Scott got no points on that one. Damn it. You're you're in a good position to win today. Uh your next one, the first game is Golden Sun, the second game Secret of Mana, and the third game Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story. For some uh, reason this Scott, one. Scott Golden Sun, John Secret of Mana, Community Mario and Luigi. Bo, that is 100% correct. Jeez. Three points to Bo. Now, for the record, I, I part of my list to John was both Golden Sun and Mario and Luigi. Or no, mine was Mario and Luigi Super Saga. That that yep. that's a little it tricky. Was a play. Different Mario yeah. and Luigi. That, that was yeah. it. That was it. I even knew that game existed. Wow. For sure. All right. Uh, well done. All right, Scott. Here's your chance. You got to get a little redemption here. Okay. Here's what we're working with. All right. Your third set of games, Octopath Traveler, Near Automata, and Final Fantasy VII Remake. Shit. Okay. Near, I mean, these could be anybody. Near's probably going to go. Let's do Community for Near, John for Octopath, and f- Remake for Bo. Final Fantasy Remake for Bo. That is correct. Ooh. Three points to Scott. God, we God, are God. tied up. Bo, you oh, just no. need to get this right in. I, for the for the listener, for the record, I want to clarify that it's Final Fantasy VII original and not remake. But I will say this. So enough. okay, so oh. here's a fun behind the scenes. Bo, uh, Bo was busy today. Yeah. Well, you can tell him. I was. I slept till five p.m. <laughs> I slept till almost showtime, and it takes me, you know, a little bit to put these pictures together. And I was worried he wasn't going to make it in time, so I went ahead and did my best guess for Bo, and I picked three games for him based on things I knew he liked. Yeah, and uh, 
then when Bo did tell me his answer, I almost guessed perfectly. The only difference is instead of Final Fantasy VII Remake, he gave classic Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And rather than redo one of them, I just went, can I just leave Remake up there, please? <laughs> and I don't yeah. have to redo it. Yeah. It's a pain in the butt. You don't want to go redo it. So that worked out. Okay. But well, it fair. is funny that I got all three. He only sent me three, too. So it wasn't even a case of selective. He sent me three, and I guess three for three for the most part. Yeah. A little caveat. You're the real winner this week. You really are. All right, Bo. Last one for you. You just have to get this. Uh, or I'm going to have right. to figure out what we do on a tiebreaker. Um, uh. <laughs> okay. Pokemon Soul Silver. Fire Emblem. The original and Dragon Quest Eight. Um, so all three uh, long-running RPG games, lots of entries, but very specific selections here. So Pokemon Soul Silver. I'm gonna go with Community. I'm gonna go with Fire Emblem to John. Dragon Quest Eight to Scott. Incorrect. No, oh. oh, I hate that far. <laughs> Uh, really? Okay. Um, Fire Emblem to Scott, Dragon Quest Eight to John, Pokemon to Community. That is correct. Our winner this week in the JRPG showdown is Bo. Look at you! Look at it! He did it. Nicely done. What do I win? Oh, I've the... joined the party. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, joined yeah. the party. I got this. You get to join the party. Yeah, I I um I was I mean, you the good job on that, but I would like to just say how much I like Fire Emblem uh and Golden Sun. Those are amazing games. I was also very GBA GBA heavy this week, yeah. as you may have noticed. Yeah. I just think that's the best those are some of the best games ever made. I love all that shit. So Dragon Quest Eight's a good one, eh, John? I really like Dragon Quest Eight. It was my first Dragon Quest though. Um, it was also, you know, it was at the height of me liking Dragon Ball Z, and uh, the main character kind of went Super Saiyan in that game. Mm. Got the spiky hair, yeah, he glowed a little bit. And also, uh, uh, there's a girl to the right of him. I believe her name is Jessica. Yeah. She was okay too. Yeah, she's got the boobies. <laughs> it was a formative, formative years game, and uh, it was pretty good. Lots of boobs happening in that uh, girl's dress. So well done. At least two. She has two. At least two boobs. Uh, nicely done, everybody. And Bo, congratulations, Bo. I feel good that you, you that you pulled yeah, that one out. Uh, very impressive. Uh, let's move on then, uh, everybody, to what? Oh, uh, some news we didn't cover yet. Some quick stuff. I'm just excited about this. Inkbound is leaving early access very soon. Uh, very much looking forward to more Inkbound. It's kind of whose fault was it that I got Inkbound? Was it John? Was mine. I tried it during Next Fest. Yeah, that's what it about was. It. You got it, got way into it, and I haven't played it since. I was, I, I played it a ton and then went, you know what? I have had my beta fill. I'm going to wait for final, and now we're almost there. So I'm stoked to pick that up again. And I want to do that one for one of our Tuesday plays because uh, it does do co-op. Anyway, um, also, there's a story about hackers stole 189 gigabytes of Epic Games data. Don't know what oh, that well. data is, but they got it. Probably John's Fortnite skin purchases. I have no idea what they have. Oh, man. I'm sorry. They have to read through that list, mm-hmm. especially because basically I got Megatron. I haven't not been Megatron. Yeah. 
Ever or since I got him. It's that or they got data about why they canceled that Unreal project and how pissed everyone is about it. I don't know. Whatever they did, they got it. Um, also, Game Scent, <clears throat> excuse me, Scent like as in smell, is a new device to let you smell the games you play. Uh, want you, to. Oh, no. What do you guys want? There's never been a situation in a video game where I went, I wish I could smell that. Maybe Lawn Mowing Simulator, but I didn't play it. So, Oh, interesting. See, there, I was going to ask you guys for examples of games that would be fun for this, and I think that's a good one because you just that smell of fresh cut lawn and maybe a little bit of exhaust from the mower and stuff. That's pretty cool. Um, I wouldn't mind smelling like... Um, Shipbreaker, deep hard space shipbreaker, ship. Shipbreaker is going to smell very different. (laughs) Yeah, I don't care. I don't breaks too. Haven't they determined that space stinks? Um, I thought they just determined it. What that it stinks? I don't know. Did they? How do you smell it? It's probably well. Okay, I am not researched in this. This is a paraphrasing of brief internet searches and clickbait. I heard that like they determine the smell of space and that it stinks. That's what I heard. Okay, like, I found a thing. Mom's world. I found I found one on lives. <laughs> I found a reputable source. LiveScience.com. Okay. What does space smell like? Says outer space has a very particular stench, and then they ask, but why? And then they go into a bunch of reasons why. Space is a near perfect vacuum. They say blah blah blah. Uh, let's see. If you open, if you went out there and just had direct exposure, you would just die. Right, yeah. you're not gonna live um, because of well, the that. Well, that would suck. That would, would not suck. Be a good smell. How do you, yeah, review, how do you smell? But, but they say what they do is they get into the space station or other space vehicles, take their helmets off, and their helmets and their and their their suits all have a smell that they didn't have going out that they now have coming back in. Right. And they say it kind of smells like hot metal or burnt meat. So yeah, there's that. So it stinks. Yeah, it kind of stinks. I think John. So yeah, score right. another point for John remembering yeah. <laughs> stupid facts, but no details about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> some people That's think it's bad. the it's the cell the smell of dying stars, and it just. Oh. permeates the universe oh good god that's heavy metal right there yeah. when you really think about it yeah it's pretty that's pretty cool man cats would hate, must hate space <laughs> yeah, <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> well space hates cats so the it's all there's your alien. clickbait headline you'll never guess what space smells like mm. and cats hate it yep <laughs> yeah uh what else oh and uh fine uh well no we talked about uh hell divers joel we did that guy. He's great. He's awesome. We love Joel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Talk time. about Joel the Dungeon Master. D- Joel the DM. That's a good question. We got some emails, though. Email and a text here. Uh, this email is uh, from talktothecoregmail.com. It's from Captain Quirk. I like that. Nice. Uh, just want, it should be Quark, because then you can like mess around with Deep Space Nine, but it also sounds good. Plus, I don't know. There's a, there's a way to make that even cooler. He says, I just wanted to give you lot a heads up that Power Wash Simulator has 40K at DLC and it drops on the 27th, which would have been a couple I of days ago. Yeah. says, reviews are showing mixed, but I could still have some fun uh, mileage in it. Or, but I could still have some fun mileage in it. I tend to be a well-rounded geek and 40K is, uh, and it's more, what? And it's, it's more is something I casually like to keep up on. Not sure what that means. He spelled it weird. While I have tried PWS myself or haven't tried it, I feel like I uh, like I've played a bunch just from listening to you guys. Love the show and thank you for all the time and energy you put into bringing genuine and quality content. Yes, even the high school humor to the masses every week. 
high school. I'm thinking like junior high, right? We're not we're not yeah. that highfalutin. We're not quite to high school mm. yet. Uh, it says, may the emperor still guide your voices. Of girls. That's right. They're freaky. Um, the point here is that no, I have not picked it up yet. Yes, I did know about it. Uh, I absolutely will at some point. I just have not yet. Um, it's essentially boils down to here's some Warhammer 40k shit, including your your hose sprayer thing is now the shape of a bolt gun. Um, you're you look like a 40k person deal, more like a dark tide kind of guy. And then you're cleaning suits and space marine crap and ships and stuff like that. It's like what they did with the Final Fantasy stuff they did. Um, this is more of that. I'm sure it's exactly what it is purported to be. I don't know why it would be mixed. People generally like when they add new stuff to that game. But. I think they charged for it. Oh, is that why? Which I don't think they did for Final Fantasy. That, that might be the difference. That, that could be it. I, I mean, I don't know. Hard to say. I didn't click the reviews and see, but. Yeah. I do think it's cool that game keeps getting weirder. And also that it's published by the small games publishing arm of Square Enix. That is weird. Don't you think? Power Wash Simulator, a square game. Like, that's just weird. And apparently not an underperforming one, which is what they feel about every game they publish. So yeah. it's, a, it's yeah. amazing. This one seems to be doing just fine for whatever met- metric they have applied to it. Uh, thank you for that message. We also got a text at 801-471-0462 that says this. This is Cinema Devin who says, hey, core crew, what are some of your favorite couch co- uh, sorry, couch co-op games you've played over the years? My wife and I have been looking forward to something that we both can enjoy and can do for fun on a, on a weekly date night. So far, uh, what has scratched that itch best is Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga and Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Sorry, John, she does not like Fortnite. <laughs> um, I love that you're the default Fortnite she Fortnite tried guy. Lego Fortnite? Because oh! let me tell you, Lego Fortnite really shifted the balance of power in this household. So mm. Plus, they got two. Don't uh, There's some announcement they're working on two new Lego spinouts in Fortnite or something. I think Maybe. that I yeah. mean, it's been very successful for them. Yeah. So I think they're doing just fine. So they'll probably keep doing it. Um, I love Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. It's a fantastic Switch game. Um, but it's more it's a puzzle game and it's less about you both doing stuff and more about one person telling the other person how they're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sounds like a great couples game. Yeah. I play that yeah. couples game. I don't even play Treasure Tracker. That's true. But the Skywalker Lego <laughs> thing is actually quite good. I played that a bunch with um, with others on the couch. But for me, I just don't do any co-op couch stuff. I mean, back in the day, Halo was the bomb for that. Yeah. How does she feel about democracy? <laughs> well, you can't couch co-op that on PlayStation. I don't think it's dual screen. Sorry. Oh, okay. That's as far as I point. know. Um, yeah, this also depends on what, what, uh, console you have. It sounds like they got a switch for sure. So if I was going to make a recommendation for co-op, there's so much head to head, I could tell you, but it doesn't sound like that's what they want. I I can't think of anything right now. Um, I should have I mean, done it's been a while since I've done it too. So I don't blame you. Like it's. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the stuff that I play that that we play is, here is very like it's not designed to be co-op. Yeah. But we play it like my like my wife has like she has played Bellatro along with me, but mm-hmm. that's not intentionally co-op. Um 
you know, she, example, we though. played the, um, oh, what was it? Let me pull it up real quick. Cause I did install it while you look that finish up finish it at some point home safety hotline oh, did that yeah, together, yeah. which that's not really a co-op, but it was great to both sit there and look yeah. through that game together and try and figure it out and argue over whether or not it was, you know, termites or whatever. And, and she was right, and I will never live that down. It was not termite. <laughs> the the chat um, is, the chat suggesting Stardew Valley has a bunch of co op stuff. Uh, Baldur's Gate three is kind Baldur's of co op. Baldur's Gate three, she really wanted to play with me, so that's a that's a possibility. Yeah, the new Mario game like is the, the classic uh, one. The the classic one of all time for casual couch co op to me is Castle Crashers. Oh yeah, that still, is a good game. Like still never something that. Given the six long-term success of it, you'd figure someone would try to make one, just try to dethrone it. Maybe it's, it's like, hard to play. Game's 12 years old, and I just can't think of anything better for a, a you know, four-player play couch co-op beat-em-up fun game. Like, it's crazy. Uh, Durog and Nat Murphy in the <clears throat> chat have the correct answer, and I can't believe I forgot it. It's, it's uh, that It Takes Two game is so good. So good. And yeah, I've heard a lot co-op. of really good things about that game. I played it with my daughter. We loved, freaking loved that game. That game is special. And is the only way to play it is co-op. And so... Well, it takes two. It's, it literally it's takes two. Name. Yeah. You I mean, maybe... have two. <laughs> there might be a way to play... Um, I don't think there is, though. I think you have to have at least two of you. And I think the game lets... If, if you already own it, the other person doesn't have to pay to play if it's online. If you're playing couch, you don't need to worry about it anyway because it's just it does split screen stuff. That game is just one of the most unique things I ever spent time in. It's so cool. So that's your answer, uh, right there. Diablo three is pretty good for co op too. You played that game Escape Simulator, right? I did, and that is also quite good. Um, that just got a bunch of new DLC. That one is hard. Well, hard <laughs> okay. for me. Hard for me because. I'm terrible at escape rooms. I'm really bad. Like real ones, I'm just bad. I don't I'm not good yeah. at the clues. I don't know why. It's something about something about it. And it turns out the video game versions of it are also dis- difficult for me. And the game is literally an escape room. They treat it like a real one. And it's very good at what it does, but I felt like I just didn't know what I was doing. But that, you know, again, mileage may vary. You may really enjoy it. Um, yeah, Shredder's Revenge, awesome if you like retro stuff. Uh, Escape Academy is pretty oh, good. Oh, yeah, we had a good time with Shredder's Revenge. That was pretty short, but we had fun with it. Yeah. There's a lot more than I'm thinking of, but It Takes Two is a no-brainer. And it's on Game Pass, and it's also on Switch. So grab it. I think it's on Switch. I say that, and now I don't know. I may have made that you'd up. Even just do, um, you'd even just do Minecraft or something like that. No, um, no, nothing wrong with that. No, Just nothing wrong with Minecraft. Minecraft. Yeah. Oh, it takes two is on Switch. No brainer. Get it. Nineteen bucks. Pfft, no brainer. Play that game on your couch. Split your controller in half. You're good. Oh, I'll mention games like Overcooked too, but I'll tell you that's like a pathway to divorce. So yep. I'll men I'll mention it, but like nothing makes me so mad at my family than playing Overcooked. No, that's the idea of that game is to make you mad at everybody, but it is not good for family relations. <laughs> nope. You get mad at everyone. If you look, have a party, people are drunk, play that way. Do not play people you love in that game. 
because you will be mad. <laughs> yep. You don't want to be a part of it. No. And I still say for competitive couch stuff, there's absolutely nothing quite like still to this day than Towerfall. Um, not to be confused with Titanfall. Towerfall is this 2D pixelated thing, debuted on the Ouya of all things, but then very quickly mm. became popular on PlayStation and then PC, and it's on everything now. That is still just so much freaking single screen, up to four people, I think, uh, competitive. It's like Duck Game, but for, you know, everyone else. I guess Duck Game's another good one. But anyway, there's there's some really good games like that. Um, there's a game called something, not Boomerang, something Meringue. Or Booma shit. You shoot you're you're basically a bunch of food items throwing boomerangs at each other. <laughs> Cannot remember the name, but I love it. <laughs> love that game. So good. It's on Steam. Unfortunately, that one does not have online, or else I'd make these guys play it. It's so good. But that doesn't do online. It's only couch. Mm. Anyway. Oh yeah, and the Jackbox games. Another good one. Great recommendation. Yeah, not great for just two people for a date night, but if you got more than that, it's yeah. really good. Yeah, Bomberman will piss you off. Jerry says Bomberman. I love Bomberman, but again, <laughs> recipe for divorce. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, Kim and the only time Kim and I have ever fought, not fought, but gotten irritated with each other really in any meaningful way is when we were playing Bust a Move and it was competitive. Oh, yeah, that's what did it. Yeah, she got so pissed. Did you ever play Overcooked <clears throat> together? No, there's no way I'll okay. do it. Okay. I played that with my kids and we all got everybody there got mad at each other. I'm like, imagine what Kim would do. This would be terrible. We're not doing this. Yeah. There's no way. Little Big Planet. Eh, it's all right. Bubble Bobble NES is pretty good. DDR. Sure. These are all good ideas. But if you want to just be on that couch doing shit, it takes two. That's my recommendation. No mashup this week. Uh, hard at work on a new one. But we had three bangers. So, you know. Let Jamie yeah, do his work. Pretty good ones. We've been showered with excellent mashups. That is true. So what we'll do instead is tell you about some new uh, some new folks who joined us on Patreon this week. Love these names, Mister Zip. He joined us. Oh shit! Yep, I, that sounds like a fun co op game, Mister Zip on the couch. Mister Zip. Oh, let's play Mister Zip. Here's my zipper. Now undo my. Oh, that's not <laughs> it. Very different game, Mister so Zip. Like, Tiny have, Elf. We, what? So go ahead, Bo. Sorry. I was just saying, I feel like if we explain it, we might get in <laughs> trouble. And if we just leave the... Yeah, we just yeah, leave that just one there. Yeah. We'll just yeah. do the stinger for Mr. Zip. And then you just imagine whatever game you want right there. Yeah, you guys, it'll be in your head, not ours. Anyway, Mr. Zip, Tiny Elf. Who else? Jared the Wizard, W-Y-Z-Z-R-D. I love it. Oh, we got Wizards. The Wizard. Wizards. Uh, Kaladin Stormies, Sam Dunn. And tell T E L L. That's the name. That's all we got. Welcome, for that. welcome to the best club on the internet. It's the best club on the internet. You'll never get commercials. You get pre-show content every week. You'll get monthly bonus host shows. Which wait, but monthly bonus host shows. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, John just yeah, did one. That's right. It's up there. I just did one. Yeah, uh, go listen to it. It's real good. And uh, now I think it is my turn next. So, right. I think I think it's my turn in March. Yeah, I think no, it's, it's your turn. turn. I think it's I your did, turn. Yeah, I did December and January. Uh, John did Februarys. February. <laughs> February. February. <laughs> There's always that R after the B that I'm like, do you have to make sure to pronounce that February? It's a pain it's in the ass. Feb- 
not I February. worked with a guy that we would literally call on the phone to hear him say February the way he said it. <laughs> really? It made us laugh. <laughs> so it's, it's and I can't, I can't even impersonate it, which is why we called him on the phone. And we would do, we were such asses about it because it was me and my coworker, and we call him up and we go, "Hey, um, do you have a birth date for this person?" And we'd pick somebody that had a February birthday just so he would have to say it because he would just be, he'd just say something like, February. February. And it just sounded so funny to us. We just sit there and laugh and we go, thanks, bye. Hang up the phone. Yeah. It's like my dad's nuclear. Yeah, he'd say that. And And I had a tendency to do it because he said it that way. So I had to teach myself to say the two words, new and clear. So if you say those together, nuclear, you're good. Yeah. Nuclear. Yep. Yeah. Clear. That's how I'll never screw that up again. Anyway. Clear. Uh, these are just small. Oh, art in the mail. I send art out in the mail. It's pretty great. That is always video game related too as well. You want to collect them all? Well, you got to be a part of the club. Hop on over to patreon.com slash uh, core show. Yeah, core show. <laughs> patreon.com slash core show is where you're going to want to go. And for all other things, you can find it at frogpants.com slash core. Now, we have a little tradition here where this old lady tells us what games we played. We call her Grandma. And Grandma, here's the mic. You tell us what we played this week so people can know and go buy these games. I know it's pretty hard to listen to a four and a half hour podcast and remember every little detail they talked about. But they sounded excited and you're excited. And gosh dang it, you got money burning a hole in your pocket. You should be saving it, but I'll tell you the games they said. They talked about Helldivers 2. That's going to be a frequent one. They talked about Bellatro. That was the card game that they played. It's cards. It's (laughs) poker. When when Bo got mad about poker, and you remember that part, we were talking about Bellatro. (laughs) Scott played Regency Solitaire 2. That was the card game where Bo was not angry. So... If you don't remember Bow Anger, it's Regency Solitaire 2. Tales of Arise is the JRPG that Scott played and liked. Yeah. He also played No Man's Sky and Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Mm. John played Dark Forces Remaster, Pacific Drive, and Deep Rock Galactic Survivor. Yeah. Bo talked about Last Epoch. Really, he talked about the pain he de- <laughs> he deals with by being a person who got his name on a statue. And now has to be asked every day what he thinks about every new ARPG like he's some sort of an expert. (laughs) When really he's just somebody who wanted his name underneath Lilith. And don't we all? But anyway, he played Last Epoch and uh, more WoW Season of Discovery. There you go. Well done, Grandma. I think you summed it up pretty well. If any of that sounds good to you, go play those games. Come back next week for another show. We hope to see you all then. Until then, bye. Get more at frogpants.com. How's this for an answer? Go to hell! Hey, core crew. This is Chan from Denver. Um, I was just listening to the last episode, and uh, Bo was talking about not being able to get into Balatro uh, because it's a point-based game. Um, he's not really into that. I mean, I thought that was really uh, interesting because that's sort of the reason why I uh, was hesitant to get into Slay the Spire, um, which y'all were comparing Balatro to. And 
it was just because it was a card game. And I'm, I was like, cards? Like, what? Why has it, it got to be cards? Like, it could just be a tax, you know? It's, it feels like a sort of JRPG already. Why are there cards? And then you understand, like, oh, you got to, it's the shuffling and the cards and the, you know, it, it all makes sense in the end. Uh, but yeah, I guess, um, I'd like to hear, um, what y'all, what other games y'all, uh, just were not really into or maybe tried and actually ended up liking, uh, just based on the, the concept and, and the aesthetic. All right. Thanks.